0: Yo, what's up guys and gals? Tonight's Gravity Lab Radio is brought to you by Velocity Sports Equipment, maker of the Infinity Rig. You can check them out at VelocityRigs.com. You can find them on Instagram and on Facebook, and while you're there, check out some of the custom rigs they've been putting out lately. VSC is a super comfortable, super well-designed, super uh, bulletproof rig. It'll last you forever. I've put 4,000 jumps on an Infinity I previously owned, and uh, they are rugged but they are also customizable. Go check out their social media. See some of the custom rigs they've been making lately. The embroidery, the design, if you can imagine it, if you can think of it, they can make it happen. And they can make it happen above and beyond your imagination. If you have an idea, but you just don't know how to commit to it or just don't know how how, how to put it together, hit up VSE at VelocityRigs.com and you'll talk to Blake. Blake will help you design, will help you customize, will help you put together that rig just the way you wanted it. Mention Gravity Lab Radio when ordering a Infinity rig and you will get a free mesh back pad upgrade. Uh, it's free mesh to your back pad. Super comfortable. Allows your rig to breathe. Allows it to be way more comfy on your back. If you're like us in the Houston uh, summer, it's hot, it's sweaty. It is nice to have a rig that breathes on your back. Tonight's Gravity Lab Radio is also brought to you by Option Studios. Option Studios, maker of the pro jersey, most comfortable jersey on the market. But they do so much more. I recently had a little bit of a project I wanted to do for a friend. And I wanted some custom shirts made. So I hit up Adam Buckner. Gave him some ideas of the design. Within a day, I had exactly what I was looking for designed. And about a week and a half later, I had these shirts in my hand. He does quick work. He does great work. He does quality work. And you're going to get all of the above. He's got attention to detail and he loves what he does. Check out optionstudios.com. You can also find him on social media. You can find him on Facebook on Instagram. Hit him up. Check out their pro jerseys. You need pull-up cords. You need wind blades. You name it. Mm -hmm. They got it. Tonight, our guest is a guy named Billy Whitaker, good buddy of ours. He actually is a uh, big way skydiver and belly formation skydiver, likes to do a little bit of it all, loves to go to super cool camps. We'll talk to him some about the big way life but more about how to go big in life. Billy is an entrepreneur. He owns 3 McDonald's franchises and uh, McDonald, how do I say that? 3 McDonald's franchises and uh man, he really runs a successful business, but he's also a successful man. He's a guy who uh is inspiring to both myself and Mr. P Nicklot. We've been super excited to have him on the show and I can't wait to see what tonight's conversation brings Enjoy the show. Gentlemen. Gentlemen, Billy Whitaker, how are you doing, my friend? I'm
2: doing fantastic, guys. I'm doing fantastic.
0: So back to the topic at hand. One of my favorite
2: things about <laughs> that was Facebook. A, that was a really in-depth welcome. <laughs> <It was. laughs> I got to finish
0: this. Um, is Facebook tells you you should be friends with, and then it recommends people like Billy Whitaker if we weren't already friends. And recently, it recommended a guy named Philip Grubbs. Is that your dad's name? Yeah. Yep. sure is. And so I clicked on hey, it Phil. because Shout out to Phil. I was like, boom, hey, this guy just lives right around the corner from me. And I'll leave the rest of that alone for a minute. <laughs> and so I clicked on and started clicking on his pictures. And I found pictures of Justin. Oh, my oh God. Oh, my God. Little baby <laughs> Justin. <laughs> yeah, dude. He, actually, you look like O'Doyle Rules from Billy <laughs> Madison in this photo. I think I was 16 <laughs> in that picture. Dude, really? totally man, O'Doyle. I thought you were going to say, is, well, priceless, man. No. <laughs> uh,
2: you know, the, the great thing about being old is there's a lot of that stuff that's not digital and not out there on the <laughs> Yeah. End. You know, just, we miss all that. See, my
0: sister lives <laughs> close to my mom, and she's digitizing all the things she can. Right. And the only not problem for me is I do not mind sharing any of it. Yeah. As a matter of fact, Debbie, if you can find the picture of me on a beach with two leg casts and crutches hanging out with those ugly Hawaiian shorts I had on, share that on Facebook. Because I yeah. do want I want that on my profile at some point. Yeah. So, Billy Whitaker, I did greet you, but I did not introduce you. How have you been, my friend? I've been, been
2: great. Billy, been I've known
0: you. Uh, how long have you been jumping?
2: Two. Uh, Nineteen years, January uh, twenty twenty will be twenty years.
0: And you've been at SpaceLand since 05, at least since I've been at, here.
2: Yeah, at least yeah. Whenever Waller closed down, I you know I okay. shifted down there. So that was about oh three
0: oh four. I actually Maldizio in Indiana bought no not Waller. I was thinking Wharton. Do You mm-hmm. know Wharton Skydive USA that, yeah, Chuck's old place. That's where I went through my AFF. We uh, Maldizio bought that place, and I was supposed to go help run that place okay. a year before I came to SpaceLand. Okay. Waller shut down permanently about '09, I think, was the last heatwave book. Yeah,
2: and like a, a, like about a year before it, it shut its doors, I had made it, the transition down to SpaceLand. It was it was weird back then, you know. There was like the, a little riff, you know. There was like uh, people had their ideas of Waller and. If you went to Waller, you had your ideas about Spaceland, and a lot of people didn't cross those lines. And so it was I, weird. It was I heard a lot of bed. that
0: from uh, friends who went both ways, mm-hmm. uh, being Waller and, and Rocheron. Mm-hmm. So h- hang on. For some of us that are newer to the area, yeah. do
1: you want to talk about where these drop zones were and how you know, what the connections were and weren't? So
2: Waller, Waller, Texas, uh, about what, an hour north of Houston, you know, uh, mm-hmm. out 290.
1: Is, is this where Skydive Houston is right now? Yes. Well, yes.
0: Okay. Yeah. Same location, different part of the property, but yes, yeah. and diff- different owners, right? Yeah, it's I keep I
2: keep forgetting okay. that they're back up doing stuff. Yeah, Yeah. yeah one, just hand them. 182 more. place, yeah. Okay. I didn't know that.
1: My understanding is they have two 182s. I could I could be misremembering.
2: Yeah. So, you know, that's uh when when Skydive Sousa shut down, shortly after I finished my um level 8s. Terry Good was my jump master there, and he Justin's was, trying to tell you sorry, talking about Mike Thank that mic you. If, if you lift it, like point maybe, it right in maybe front maybe of your mouth right there? there. Okay. You. And so Terry Good, you know, he was he had started working up there, and he saw Sousa closing down, and he's like, "Why don't you come up?" And at, back then, you don't know what you don't know, and it was safe. I knew him, and you know, I was a young guy, less than thirty jumps, so I was like, "Okay." And Terry was a great dude. It's in his he last was. name, Terry Good. Terry Good. You know he was he's old school. You know he was tough. You know he he, he didn't sugarcoat anything, and you know uh, he made good safe skydiving. <clears throat> yep, he did. He was a rough character sometimes, but he
0: cared. Yeah, he what, was
2: compassionate. Yep. What year was this for you, Billy? So the, what is it like? Two thousand two, three, four. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: And what was the uh, student program
2: like in those days? You know, again, uh, you don't know what you don't know, right? It, it's a lonely walk to the plane <laughs> after AFF, right? Because, mm-hmm. you know, they don't have uh, the STP program that's today, man. It's, it's fantastic. And uh, you're well through, what, 30 jumps before you're really out there on your own? Yeah,
1: still, I mean, so you have your two tandems, 16 instructor
2: jumps. I've never done a tandem. Really? Yeah. Wow. Never done a tandem. I can solve that problem. I know you can. I'm I'm, I'm You want to go on the front right I do. Yeah. I'll keep you in
0: mind. I got something coming up.
2: Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I, you know, I got uh, through my level 8s and got signed off on So, uh, level
1: 8s meaning your 8th? Yeah. So, 8 AFF jump. There's
2: yeah, eight levels to it and then you do, you know, several jumps afterwards, coaching jumps afterwards. Were you on Ripcord when you first learned? Or no. Was it the throwout pilot Throwout shoot? Pilot okay. shoot, yeah. And uh you know, then you're kinda left out there to figure a lot of stuff out. And uh and I looking back on it, those first hundred jobs, man, it's like some of the things that you just kinda checked off the list is don't do that again, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? You yeah, kinda yeah. figured it out on your yeah, own.
1: Someone could have told me this. Exactly. <laughs> you know. Uh
2: and um so I'm I'm happy to see where the S T P program's going and you know, all the training that goes into the stuff, the canopy training now. I mean, it's it's a uh, light years I think away from what I what I experienced, so or what I remember experiencing. So,
1: how many jumps do you have now?
2: Uh, I stopped logging a long you time. Give me a guess. I don't know either. I would forty five hundred. Okay, cool. Plus, yeah. So
1: yeah. we uh, we went on a high hop and pop the oh other day. My God, that was so that, that kind is of like a, a last minute plan, right?
2: Nick, I'm telling you, like I've looked at that video a hundred times. Uh, I love it. It's it was it's the highlight of my most recent jump. That's map.
1: great, man. That, that makes me super happy. <laughs> I to had to such have you a say good that. time on it. But uh, here, why don't you tell the story for for DJ? I don't think he knows what happened.
2: <laughs> no, I'm clueless. No, so I'm normal. Not, I'm just you know, I've I've recently downsized, so I'm out doing hop and pops, and you know, figuring some stuff out in this new canopy and uh i'm it's like the third jump of the day and nick nick's on there i'm like sitting next to nick on the way to do a hop and pop so i'm feeling pretty good about <laughs> i
1: feel so sad in <laughs> the world that anyone <laughs> thinks that that might be an important I'm serious.
2: thing i'm like yeah you know and we're and,
1: hanging out we're just chatting right we're getting right
2: around. and he looks at me goes well, what are you gonna do and i'm like you know in my little small quiver of hop and pop knowledge i go i'm want to do a hop and pop just get out and pull high
1: Well, there there was some traffic so we had some extra altitude to deal with
2: yeah so they did they took so this started to develop he's like hey we got a couple extra thousand feet on this hop and pop you want i want to take the camera step what what kind of exit you going to do i was like well i was thinking about doing a gainer he's like okay i'll take the camera step you do your gainer and i'll, and I'll pull off in front of you i'm like okay and he did it and I came out of the gainer and I kind of fumbled into a sit sit fly and we had this impromptu free fly session. <laughs> Dude, it was awesome.
1: And that, that's why I brought it up. That's where I was hoping you'd take the story is I was I was surprised to see you free flying. Oh, I love and, it. And you seemed a little comfortable with it. Oh, I love it. So yeah. how, how many belly jumps do you have versus free fly experience? Uh, out
2: of the 4,500 plus, I would say 98% is belly, you know, and I've got a handful of uh Sit fly jumps. Most of the, the free fly stuff has been in the tunnel. Okay. You know, really, been on the grate and being uh, being spotted off the grate. and Can hold a pretty steady head down as long as somebody's you know kind of spotting me a little bit. And I'm I'm stoked, man. I, I dig it. You now Scotty Scott Latness, right? Uh, I, I use a lot of uh, Scottyisms because he's been a big mentor to me growing up. And uh, and you know he's often said, man, if if you get bored in this thing, you're looking for a way out. You know, there's a lot of things to do in the sport. You know, it, it's just, it's just, uh, man, it's just incredible where it's at right now. I mean, wingsuiting and, uh, you know, the, I mean, the world record that they are just pulling off in Chicago and, you know, I look at what they're doing in the, what is it? Calique right now in Europe. And uh, it's just, it's incredible. I, I love it. I can't What's going wait. on in Europe right now? Doing the hundred way challenge. Uh, it's 100-way it's belly formation.
0: Complex, yeah. I'm guessing? Yeah. Very, Because yeah. let's be real, 100-way today is not that impressive. <clears throat> I mean, it's impressive as hell. This but is, when we started skydiving, I mean, what year did you start? 2000. 2000. So 300-way, I think, had been accomplished by then. Yes. Just had been accomplished. It was, I think, 297 and 97 or mm-hmm. 98. Mm-hmm. Um, suddenly, 300's not as impressive, but... Like they, well, they recently did a full outside out facing exactly. diamond in Paris, was it or yeah. Eloy? Eloy? Eloy, yeah, that was sick.
2: Were you yeah. on that? Uh, the completion. We didn't have a completion this year. We had a completion uh, last year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So,
0: the sport takes us in so many great places and great ways, and uh, it's it's amazing where it's gone. One of your favorite parts of the sport is big ways. Yep. What are uh, we've had a lot of people talk about big ways and talk about what they've done. And i Scott Latness has been on the show and shared a lot of his freaking knowledge, man, Scottyisms. Um What I'd be curious to hear from you is how did you break into that big way scene? What, what was your path?
2: Okay. So, um, you know, I was actually like in a kind of a lull. So to be 20 years into the sport, right. I'm, I'm really kind of a, a newbie to the big way scene compared to the people that I jump with, right? I don't have 20 years in the, in the big way scene. I was a real fun jumper, a real weekend kind of guy. Kind of knocked around for a long time, really didn't know what I wanted to do in this thing, and then kind of got a little sidetracked, and I would, I would leave the sport for two, three months, and I'd come back, and then, and then I got, uh, I got uh, about 2011, 12, I started doing like um, triathlons. Right, and started doing long-distance triathlons and Ironman and stuff like that and got really sidetracked and was doing that really dangerous thing, like showing up every three months to do, like, you know, I'm going to get current. And then, and I remember, like, <laughs> I would uh, leave the house on my bike and stop it in Rocheron at the drop zone on Saturdays mm-hmm. as I was doing my long rides. And I was going in one day, and, and Tom Jenkins was walking out of the, the hangar and I was walking in with my bike over my shoulder. I was like, hey, Tom. And he looked at me in in typical Tom fashion. He kind of goes, um, you look mighty bicycly. And <laughs> he walked right by me and didn't acknowledge <laughs> me, right? And I was like, fuck, you know? It's like, oh, man, that sucks. And I had kind of, like, make a decision. You know, am I going to... You know, this isn't something that you can toy around with. And uh, I finished up some of the stuff that I was doing with the Ironman stuff. And I got heavily involved in... Skydiving again. But in the 18 to 20 months I'd left the sport, people who had come through that I was watching come through as students were like, they were like the all-stars now. It was hard to get back in and close the gap on on the talent pool. And so I started doing a lot of work, started going back to camps. started traveling, going to P3s. And, and Tom was the one that came up to me and goes, look, if you want to do this and you want to get into big way stuff, you got to start going to Paris, you know, you got to go to Paris, you got to do P3 camps, you got to start going to places where you can get the instruction you're going to need. And that's what I did. I went to my first P3 camp in 2012, 2013, something like that. What is a P3 camp? uh it's uh, one of, i think one of the greatest places you can ever go to learn how to do safe big way sequential work it's uh, paris valley california dan bc kate doug Forth, tom jenkins was one of the big coaches there scott's now a big coach out there larry henderson mm-hmm. is a big coach out there all you know all the names and and they start with um it's the only place you're going to go where you're going to see formation loads go up on twenty ways, and they'll have ten and ten. So you, so people who have never been in a formation load on a relatively small formation can come out. They can see the pictures. They can understand stadium builds, mm-hmm. and radiate, radials, and all this stuff that they talk about. You can see it put into action in very small formation, you know, environments, and then they start building. So you go out there to do. A, a big way camp, and then if you do well, then they'll invite you back to start doing the hundred ways. And there's spring, you know, spring fling and power play, and all the other stuff that you want to get invited on. But it starts with doing their early camps. So P3 you know.
0: stands for Paris Performance Plus, if I remember right. Uh,
2: I think you're right. I'm not sure. Yeah, it's me, ma'am. You know. It's P3,
0: that's what we all know it as. Um, and it, it's a great way. I've seen so many people uh, go to it, and one of my favorite things I see is is some people will tell me I'm not ready for something of this level or of this caliber. And I would think the same thing knowing what I know about my skill set and what they're doing. But then I've watched some of my friends who go with respect to them, and I've watched what they've been working on there. And, man, they seem to have a place for a lot of people. Right. Read their requirements, and if you even fulfill those requirements at all, you're
2: ready. Yeah. So they're really ready to work with you at the beginning level of big ways. The, the they're ready at the beginning level, and and I encourage anybody if they're thinking about doing it, you know, take a look, that go to the, their web page, you know, make your own decisions. But it is um, an incredibly safe environment to learn how to do big way sequential work. I I can't say enough about them.
1: What do you think makes a good uh, belly formation skydiver? What do you look for in, in someone that you want to be in the sky with?
2: Well, uh, I think. Um, for, for me, and free flying helped me with this, you know, it's like, how how aware am I? What am I seeing in the formation, you know? Uh, I was just watching some of the comments on, and, and it applies, I think, through all the disciplines. Um, a sense of calm, which gives you the ability to see more, you know, and that's what I really like. Uh, Impatience, you know, you got to have a lot of patience. You know, in Eloy, um, one of the slots I was in, you're you're sitting there and you're waiting for these four diamonds, Mm -hmm. four diamonds on the 70-way formation to build, or these four donuts to build on each corner. And, you know, it's not like you can just sit here and and say, okay, my my donut's built. No, what they've been asked me to do is to make sure that all four corners are built before, you know, and Mm -hmm. it's that patience thing. So that's the biggest thing I can Mm -hmm. say is, you know, there's only so much you can do. If it's not there, you can't do anything with it. So patience is the biggest thing that I look for. Yeah.
1: So is that something that you've personally had to take time to develop? Like oh. that that ability to look around and see that this is closed before you move on to the yeah. next thing?
2: Yeah. Nick, trust me, man. It's like I I was a horrible student. You know, I was a flailer, man, and uh, and uh, my I'm not a natural athlete, right? And I'm and I'm naturally high strong. And so all the things that I need in, uh, in this world, uh, of skydiving, I had to acquire. And it was, and it was a long, long road for me. I think, um, I'm skydiving the best I've ever skydived. I have the best patience and I think the best ability of my skydiving career right now. I'm really skydiving well, I think. And, um... That promotes a lot of confidence, and and you need that in the sport. And that's something I haven't had in a, in a long time. That took that took a, a long time to develop. So,
1: were there, were there any tricks along the way of uh, you know things that you noticed that would help you develop those skills or develop that that awareness or ha- help you to do the right thing?
2: Uh, I got tired of hearing Jesus Christ, Whitaker. <laughs> 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 that's how all the debriefs ended. <laughs> who's yeah, the yeah. guy with the red grippers.
1: <laughs> no, exactly, <laughs> exactly
2: right. It's like yeah, you know, I get, that's what you don't want to see on, on a <laughs> TV debrief. Who was that guy? A, Shit, you know, you know <laughs> exactly right. Me. Yeah. So I, I learned early on that uh, a great camp is one where they didn't even know you were there, right? And that's that's kind of my goal whenever I go to these things. Is you know, it's nice. It's nice uh, being uh, invited, you know, and uh, I can look out and. At next year already and you know you could fill up a calendar now and it's a nice place to be in you know i i love the sport um it fulfills a piece in me i really can't you guys understand it but i i've gotten tired of uh even trying to explain it to anybody else outside that world mm-hmm. um and it and uh, what i'm getting back uh it's tenfold whatever i've put into it
1: well let's know? step outside of skydiving for a second C- could you describe what you like about triathlon in a in a more accurate way than you can describe skydiving? Uh,
2: yeah, absolutely. You know, triathlon is something that um, um, your, your mind is telling you you can't do this. You know, your body's trying to shut down, right? And, and uh, you know, um, there's something like, there's something special about being able to dig deep. You know, you can do all the training, right? But you're never going to like, you're going to cross with a great deal of exuberance and and uh, ecstasy that you can't really describe or get anywhere else. But um, that, that last two miles, you know, is a proving ground. And, um, and I, I, I can enjoy that, you know, knowing that I can do that. That's what I used to enjoy about, about tries. You know, my body and my mind are telling me, you know, you can't do this. And somewhere deep within, you know, you're saying, yeah, you know, I am going to do this. That's why I dig about it. Do do you address that voice with kind of a different part of your brain? How do you, how do you?
1: Because I I know that feeling of like God, this fucking sucks. I want to quit. Right, exactly. Like, I'm not gonna make it. Hey, you know what? Just 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 quit. Just just stop. You
2: know, the, I I I like You know, m- like memory driven. Like you know, everybody that said you can't do this. You know, don't tell me I can't do something. That's a mistake. You know, don't underestimate me because I'm quiet or I I I enjoy people and I like and I'm smiling. You know, don't don't tell me. I can't do something. Don't mistake if, my kindness for weakness. Yeah, because if I, you know, if if uh, I put my mind to it, you know, there's there's nothing I can't do, and and I believe that, you know. But it's just about, you know, it, my wife says it all the time. She goes, "Man, if if you're interested in it, <laughs> it's going to get done." You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like, but it's just about me. You know, it's a ego selfish. That's integrity, man. You got it. Yeah, I guess. You know, I, there's a few different ways to look at it, but yeah, I. Yeah, we'll go with that.
1: So, wh- where did uh, did you have a background in running, swimming, or cycling before you decided? To <sighs> no, take man,
2: certain- uh, take it back to getting you know getting sober. You know, I showed up and I was just like a mess, right? And I was trying to find something to do with all this extra energy that I had. And Dina and I were out walking at Memorial Park, right? And uh, I said, uh, "I'm gonna, I'm to I'm gonna go for, I'm gonna run." She's like, "Okay." dude you is your wife yeah right. go run she was my girlfriend at the time i was you know six months sober or something like that i took off running i ran like a few hundred yards i was all gas stop and i and i ran walk the rest of the way around there and, and i found her like you know all the way around and i remember getting in the car and telling her it's like you know what one of these days i'm going to run all the way around this park <laughs> and
1: she's like uh, how many miles is it it's like three
2: know. it's like three miles okay you know? it's and, a 5k right yeah right and uh and it was a big deal, you know, and I, I just kind of like fell in love with running. So I started running and um, before I got into tries, I was, you know, I, I, I was running 10 races a year, you know, I, I really got into running. And
1: so how long a race when you when you're talking
2: everything, about? you know, 5K to a marathon, you know, I was doing marathons and half marathons and 5Ks, fun runs, all the turkey trots, all the stuff. You OK, know? so
1: how long from starting to run to first marathon? how much time passes uh
2: prob- probably a couple years okay yeah it took a couple of years of me like getting the confidence and like one you know uh, I had a running coach that said if you don't want to be here you're not going to be here you know and and i liked being there you know what i mean um, but, and i had to find the time uh, and uh, i just kind of started working it in it's just like like a daily routine now i get kind of weird if i don't work out and if i'm not running or doing something what's the know?
1: best time of day for you to work out
2: early Morning, right? Yeah, I got to get it done. Yeah, I got to do it early or it's not going to happen. You know, I'll, I'll have every best intention of doing it late, but it, it throws off all the other workouts for the week because then I'm like, oh, man, I haven't recovered. I got to get up and that kind of thing. So
0: You say you like to be there when it comes to running. Oh, yeah. What is it that you like about it? I struggle with running. Uh, i trying to actually do it a lot more. Yeah,
2: you know, I... I like the technique. Behind, I like everything about it. I like the technique, I like, you know, the results. I like uh like we were talking earlier, uh challenging myself. Um you know, there's got to be a lot of control in there, breathing. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of things that I can tell I started ru- actually running that um they it just kind of evolved, right? I started understanding a little bit more about it and and you know, it fits in my I'm a I'm a big guy and I love to eat. So running's a good thing for me, <laughs> right? Yeah. I love to eat and, um, you know, it's just a good thing for me. And, and I'll be honest with you. I had a skydiving accident a few years ago and wasn't really sure. I thought kind of running was in my rearview mirror and it was kind of a big bummer for me. So I've been like 18 months, you know, two years, you know, trying to like figure out my next move and, um, had some surgeries and they didn't really work out and I was like, ah, fuck, you know. So um, ended up doing some strength training over like the last eight months and some connective tissue type stuff and, you know, I'm putting in a pretty nice little regiment now and everything feels good. So I'm I'm like very tentatively uh, happy with where things are at and where we're going. I'm Who knows? I'm almost, this time next week, I'll know whether or not I'm going to um, Register for my first half marathon in two years. So,
1: so if you when you go out and run this morning, like how, what what sort of distance are you going to do? Uh,
2: I'm uh, I'm doing something different too. I'm not looking at mileage. I'm looking at time, and so, but it, it works out to be about I'm doing five Ks on my long runs. I'm I'm coming back super slow, super easy. Nothing fast, you know. You're um, looking for like 30-minute runs? What are you doing time-wise? The thir- uh, short runs are 30, and my long runs are 40, 45 minutes now. Okay. So you're running somewhere around 9, 10 miles, 13-minute yeah. miles. Yeah, exactly. Okay. 10, 10-20s 10 right now,
0: yeah. Okay. Yeah. Nick and I have, uh, and Justin have talked about running more. Um, Nick, I think you've actually been exploring it a little bit more than the rest of us. A little bit. I fucking uh, hate it a whole lot. Yeah. Um. I don't. Kind, kind of why I'm digging. Yeah. I yeah. I'm digging as well. I'm, I'm like you're leading this conversation. Great for me because, a we have sober September or sacrifice September coming up. I thought about some other names first. So we'll get to that. Uh, and one of the ideas <laughs> is running a mile a day, which I I can't fucking stand. Running. I hate it. Um, and then I just had my annual checkup the other day, 45, my cholesterol is a little high, my, you know, nothing major, nothing bad, but uh, you know, just those things that say I need to run 30 plus minutes a day. Right. Um, and so I need to get cardio up 30 plus minutes a day. So I'm looking at bikes, I'm
2: looking at running, I'm looking at different options. It's, um, you know, my, my wife's active, right? You know, we have a Peloton at the house. So, I mean, we, we. I get bored really easy, right? So I gotta have a few things to kinda switch off onto but but running's my mainstay and I'm 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 happy to be back in it and if I can offer any help or guidance, be happy yeah. to do it. I'd love to see that thing take off for you guys, you yeah. know.
0: Dude, that, those Peloton commercials light me up. Oh, dude, Every it's time awesome. I see a Peloton, have you seen them at all, the Peloton commercials? I,
1: I, gosh, I don't think so. I I'm, Maybe, if, <sighs> I don't feel like I've seen any that would motivate
0: me. Dude, I want to rise up. And one of them goes, <laughs> Pelotoners, rise up. Rise and up. they get up out of their seats and start pedaling hard. I'm like, yeah.
2: So, so very very typically, uh, the 25 years Dean and I have been together, we've had a plethora of working workout equipment in the house that have all turned into clothes hangers of some kind. <laughs> Some kind, right? <laughs> you know, yeah, collecting dust in the corner with every intention of using it, and it just not happening. This is the first one. She came, she came out. And she's like, uh, "Hey, uh, I see this Peloton thing. Will you go check it out?" And we went and looked at it, and I was like, "Okay, what? Well, you know, do you want to get it or not?" And she's like, "Yeah." So we got it, and man, I'm telling you, I mean, that thing is—we we use it six days a week five days a week it's
0: a spin bike said and done isn't it?
2: it? it's a you know you you connect to live classes there's on-demand classes the instructors are great there's different types of instructors it's just you know whatever you know and and we we have odd schedules and so i can i can get it going anytime i like it works out
0: man i've I've looked at them but like you said exercise equipment turns into laundry hangers that's right so we've avoided having any of those in our house so far exercise equipment that's laundry hangers. Right. Um the only thing we have in our house that's even remote is that uh, inversion table you saw when you walked by the front door. But that get, that actually gets used. I like to
2: hang like a bat. Okay, right. so you I got to tell you one story about the Peloton. So i have I told you about um <laughs> I, I hope Dean is uh listening. Have you <laughs> 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 Have you um, You're going to embarrass you or embarrass her. I'm not sure which. <laughs> So, you know, you put a profile in there, right? Sure. Okay. So, and when you're, um, when you're in the class, you want to call so up. It's,
1: it's just if anyone hasn't caught the, the just what's going on. It's like a smart... A, a smart right, stationary a sk- bicycle, right? <laughs> you've
2: got a screen in front of you and you're connecting to a coach who's who's running a class and there's other there's other cyclists in that class, mm-hmm. right? So And he's talking to you in the class and he's getting everybody rolling. Uh,
1: stationary bike connected to the internet is essentially Ex- what we're talking exactly. about. Exactly. So you're building a, a, a you, user profile, to yeah, track yeah. your fitness, track how often you're doing it, track your, your goals. Exactly. All day, no,
2: That's beautifully described. But you have a profile too. And so he the, the coach can see your profile name and where you're at on the leaderboard <laughs> and how many rides you've had right and God, so is watching he, by
0: the way she is on i <laughs> just at that how good does it feel when he says
1: all right billy whitaker that's what i'm saying <laughs> <laughs> that's what i'm saying right so my <laughs> ego
2: is like i want to call out. i want to shout out right and and so the the uh generic oh. the the generic um the generic little insignia that they give you for your profile is like B for Billy, right? Mm-hmm. Or D for Dina, right? Oh, you change that immediately. I put a nice skydiving pic in there, oh, and I'm, sure. I'm skydiver 713, and I'm big smiling with my rig and everything. right? I'm going to get a call, and I have gotten called out. I'm like, all right. Well, I went by a few weeks after we had it and I kept looking at these profile. I go, you know, you're not gonna get a call out was like D. You know, like, <laughs> she's like, leave it alone. I'm like, okay. Well when she wasn't looking at guy in her profile, <laughs> I changed it to black velvet. <laughs> <laughs> Did she know this yet? Or is this No, it was like it was like a week of classes before she was like <laughs> She screamed at me from upstairs. <laughs> Did you change your photo to something that lived up to no, Black I Velvet? should I should have. I panicked. I was like, okay, I, like, I got to get out of here. <laughs> oh my, that would be
0: the person who leaves it like the V and doesn't want the call out. Right. And you've given me an inc- If we ever get a Peloton, I am going to sneak something in there. <laughs> hey, how about that Black Velvet out there? <laughs> Ride 200. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. I've I've actually been looking not just at uh, uh, running but also bikes. I have a mountain bike. Yeah. Um which is great going to the trails if we have a few places around here but just to hop on and get on streets. Right. So I'm looking at considering getting into a street bike as well. Um triathlon is yeah, triathlon is... I'm
1: not laughing at you. I'm laughing at Justin. <laughs> What's he doing <laughs> If over anyone's there? watching Woo! Facebook Extreme Live, you going we're having a fucking Woo! camera party. Yeah, cool. <laughs> we, got a
0: bunch of, we got a new camera that gives us three new angles, and Justin has gone straight up... Uh, what was the name of those guys again? Wayne's, Wayne's World. Wayne's World, World on a yeah, Shaft. Camera one. <laughs> <laughs> camera two.
1: <laughs> camera one. Camera two. So there's essentially
0: <laughs> one, two, three, four... There's six camera angles on the Facebook production now for okay. those who actually watch it on Facebook. We, we've tried to up the value. It's a video, it's an audio podcast. If, if you're watching this on Facebook, it still blows my mind, Nick. It, it crushes me, not crush me, but it blows my mind. How many people don't realize this is an audio podcast? You can consume it however you want. You want to watch it on Facebook? I'm 100% down, and thank you for watching on Facebook. But people have no clue. You can download this as an audio podcast. Despite the main screen saying download is an audio podcast, yeah, that's mm-hmm. bizarre. Yeah, so go to your phone, download it, listen to it on the fly, on the go. If you just rather watch Facebook, fuck yeah, that's why we have six camera angles. That Justin, <laughs> you're going to give somebody a stroke if you don't stop doing that. This is going to be me. It's so much fun. A stroke of genius. Keep it up. <laughs> uh-huh. um, so a triathlon is swim, stroke, it? bike, run
2: in that order. Swim, swim, bike, run. Yep. How it's a two mile swim. Depends. I mean, there's sprints, there's Olympic, there's half iron, and then there's full iron. Let's so. go with full iron. Let's start with, like, big. Okay. Because I'm guessing that's the big so, version. Uh, Two-mile swim, 112-mile bike ride, and uh, 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 marathon.
0: Yeah. Jesus criminy. Any one of those things would whip my ass right now. Yeah. I, I believe if I chose to do that, I could probably learn to do these things. hmm um, Anybody can. It's just time in. What's that website? What's that Facebook thing we talked about? YouTube? Uh, you can learn anything. Oh, Learn
1: Quick is the name of the YouTube channel.
0: Yeah. One of the things that I've had a hard time doing is I hate running. Mm-hmm. Can't stand it. Never liked it. I run to run to get through it, to, to do whatever. And asking you, what is it about running that you enjoy? You you like being there? Mm-hmm. Um, contacts for me is, is something I've always hated doing, but I've worn. Mm-hmm never gotten used to it, never liked it. The one thing that actually that conversation we had, I think you were producing when you brought up that conversation about Mm learn anything is I said, I'm going to start wearing contacts again, but this time I'm going to learn to do it. I'm going to put my mind into it. And as you talk about running at a pace with a rhythm, with technique, focusing on your breathing, focusing on your pace, Mm -hmm. because I know traditionally when I run, I run with no idea of pace. Partially because I don't know what my pace is. right? And next thing I know, 200 feet down the road, I'm <laughs> wheezing on the side. So right now my idea is learn how to run. You can teach yourself anything. Be focused on my pace, on my technique. I had to think, what's that called? My hands are moving like I'm swimming. Um, on technique, things like that. Um, what advice would you give somebody for focus getting into running?
2: Get a coach. <laughs> yeah. Get a coach. Yeah, you know, uh, that, but that's, yeah. that's me, right? I've always been a big proponent of my kids. You know, I might know everything there is that I know to date about getting in and out of a tunnel safely and having a great mm-hmm. time. Zach wanted to start learning how to fly in the tunnel, turn him over to a coach, right? I sent him there. Yeah. Um, I, I've just always been a big proponent of going and seeking out the people, surrounding myself with people who... Who ha- are doing what I want to learn how to do, and um, anytime I try to go and start figuring things out on my own, uh, it's usually a longer road, right? So that's that's my advice, you know. Um, uh,
0: yeah, I got a guy in mind. Uh, there's a fellow I know. Uh, Endurance Mind Right is actually a company he owns here in Pearland. Uh, does running, running coaching stuff like that. Uh, yeah. Jeremy Brown, uh, actually, I think still has his own podcast. We've talked about doing stuff together.
2: Tim Necker's my man. He's a runner one. He's a he's an animal. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: That's kind of I think the advantage of the Peloton bike is you have it comes with a trainer.
2: Yeah, exa- well, exactly. See, it was it was well. Now that we're talking about, it, I just really never even thought about it. But you know, it it was a natural fit for me. Do you right? feel like technique on the bicycle
1: that was a little? It's kind of harder to fuck that up,
2: wouldn't no, you say? No, no, no. You don't not think? At all. No, I can be out on a bike and see people who've never... I, I can see people who are on bikes, they've never been fit fit for the bike, mm-hmm. right? There's a there's a ton of technique that goes with it. it, it, it still, it's all about relaxing, you know? It's about, um, you know, being able to be in the pedals and 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 learning how to be uh, as efficient as possible mm-hmm. on every stroke, down and up, you know, and... As you get tired, all that technique starts to break down. You become less efficient, and it's the little things that start death by a thousand cuts, you know. In endurance sports, for you know, that's my opinion. Yeah, so.
1: Gosh, I just felt like I got. <clears throat> I didn't learn how to ride a bike until I was like nineteen. Yeah, yeah. I uh, didn't learn as a kid, and then I was scared to tell anyone that I didn't learn yeah. how to ride a bike. And then as I got older, it just became a funny <coughs> joke to tell everyone. Yeah, I can't. Your bike, I can't. Fuck. Are do you that. kidding me? No, nineteen years old. Wow! So, and when I started riding bike, fixed gear bikes were a, a big thing, right? And uh, I feel like the the fixed gear bike, because your legs are constantly moving. Yes, I feel like it was a really good uh, kind of trainer for, for the for the technique. Yeah, right on. But uh, I feel like I feel like I took to cycling pretty well. And I, it takes so much of my brain to commit to a good running form.
2: Yeah. So I figured when I started uh, triathlon, I, I would be like, I, this is what I thought in my head. It's like, well, you know, the swim thing, I'm, I'm going to hate that. But I'll figure it out, right? I'll get a coach. And, and I did. went to a master swim program and started learning how to do endurance swimming. And then I was like, the bike, pff, that, that, that'll be a piece of cake, you know? Yeah, I can ride a bike, right? The running, piece of cake, been running forever, right? So it turned out I ended up what I thought I was going to hate the most, the swim, I ended up loving. It was my favorite. Running, that was you know, I got through that, understood that, no big deal. I hated the bike. Loathe the bike. Still loathe long distance bike, well, right? What is it that you hate about it's the bike? It's just in you know, in arrow bars, you know, crunched over like a pretzel.
1: You guys are riding like a time trial bike. Or, or is uh, it, it more just a It's a regular tri- bike. It's,
2: a tri-bi- it's it's a tri bike. The frame is a little bit different, and but you are down on got, your elbows. Yeah, the whole time. exactly. Yeah, they got aero bars on them, and and I just like uh, it. You know, everything from my back to my, you know, your balls. Your <laughs> I mean, it, it's it's just everything is screaming like, dude, I don't want to be here anymore. You know, get me off this bike, and that starts at like mile forty. You know, so you've you know. Got another, you know. Do the math on that seventy some miles. Yeah, exactly. So,
1: dang yeah. man. But at least you only have
2: to do a marathon when you're done, <laughs> right? Exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's not you know. I started uh, the Houston. I you know you start at whatever time, seven a.m. Whatever, and I, I, I was. You know, I'm not fast. You know, I'm, I'm actually pathetically l- took me forever. Fifteen hours. Fifteen hours. Twenty seven minutes. But it's something, man, it's like, you know, it's like going down the last 800 meters, you know, my family was there, you know, Dina and the kids, and, you know, you just take time, you stop, you walk over to them, and, you know, you get to say thank you for supporting me, and, you know, it's emotional, and, you know, you're wrecked. And you just get this hug and your wife says, go get your Iron Man. You know, it's it was, it, it was it's a big highlight, man. It's up there. You know, it's up there. I was going to ask if that was an emotional
1: moment across the line. Oh,
2: my God. Yeah. The pictures of me are pretty like, you know, they're, they're pretty funny. I'm I'm screaming with like yeah! it was it was pretty cool. I could
0: imagine, dude. I'd
2: do any one of those legs and I'd be pretty excited. Okay. So All three
0: in one day is pretty crazy.
2: So there was this girl that was uh running or she was on the bike. She I, <laughs> I I saw her when she loaded up on her bike, she took off, she was really fast, she got out ahead of me, she's wearing this pink tutu, right? <laughs> <laughs> I Like, well, okay, whatever, you know, go go ride your bike with your pink tutu and she she a while later I passed her, she's got you know, EMT around her and she had a, she'd wrecked. It looked pretty bad, you know. She'd probably gone over the handlebars, and she's sitting there. She's in pain. I was like, ah, that sucks. And I went on about it. So so I'm I'm in the run, and I'm in like the last three miles of the run (laughs) and she came like blasting by me with her (laughs) she broke her collarbone what a bad bitch she had her arm like strapped to her side and she's running with the pink tutu man you you got
1: passed by a lady with a sling and a pink tutu who you saw crash and break her
2: collarbone I know (laughs) I know. I was like I was like are you kidding me <laughs> it's like, you got to be kidding me. It's like, yeah, she's an animal. I, I don't know who she is. Some people play. are just savages, man. I was like, savage, pure wow. savage. And Dina brought it to my attention. She goes, hey, that girl with the pink tutu and the broken collarbone, she beat you. I was like, yeah, no, I saw it. <laughs> she yeah, crashed I, 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 I saw, beat you. <laughs> I saw her
1: pass as she crushed my soul to bits. <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly. It's like, it's everything you can do to keep going. And then when that happens, you're like, why? Why am I doing this? <laughs> this is ridiculous. I need to walk home now, you know?
0: Yeah, <laughs> man, brutal. One of the things that you uh, mentioned earlier that, that got you into this health and this fitness craze was your sobriety, right? And and something we're coming up with is Sacrifice September, Nick. Sacrifice
1: September, d- sober September. I also like Bicep September. Your biceps. Ah, <laughs> I like that. Shredded September, month of movement. Um, I think so. Do you know what the workout <laughs> <laughs> are you still excited about? Bicep, about? dude. I, sep- this is all I think about when September, I run. This, th- these thoughts are what make <laughs> me get through that run. Because I, so, <laughs> <laughs> damn, do, you, do you know what the workout Murph is? No. So it's a CrossFit workout. Okay. And it's a mile run, and then uh, three hundred squats, two hundred wow. push ups, one hundred pull ups, and another mile run. Okay. And I think it's uh, Memorial Day that a lot of uh, a lot of veterans and police officers do do this workout, but okay. it, it originates as, as a crossfit workout, is my understanding of it. And it's fucking terrible. And I I've only done it the last year that I actually. Now, what is it
2: again? One more time.
1: So you do a mile run. Okay. Three hundred squats, just bodyweight squats. <sighs> Two hundred pushups and one hundred pullups. Wow. So the pullups are fucking terrible, especially if you're doing like military oh pullups. My God, it's rough. And then after you have just Fired your legs off for three hundred squats, right. then you go back for an, for another mile, and so it's something that I know that it's something that's done once a year, and I dread when it comes around because I, I have the last few years have done the um, the push up, pull up, and and squat part of the challenge, and uh, just this last year I actually did the the mile run, and I hate it. Right. I hate everything about it, and I decided. So we we talked about what. What September would hold for our because last year we did Sober September, Sacrifice September. I did Steak September. I, I only <laughs> Ooh, I ate, like the sound of. This. I only ate meat all month. Oh, total total carnivore diet. No veggies. No no nothing. <laughs> How did that work than, out? It was pretty good actually. Yeah, it was okay. interesting. Well, I'll will get back to that if we if we come back around to, right. to dieting stuff. But um, we had talked about what like could we run a mile every day in September? Could that Could that be a thing? Sure. And it's like I hate running and running a mile wrecks me i hate it. my legs hate it my back hate it my my back hates it my my brain hates it uh-huh. i don't enjoy any part of running okay so i thought okay yeah a mile sounds like a pain in the ass but if someone told me that their workout regimen was like yeah i run a mile every day i'd be like <laughs> you're a lazy piece of shit get your, shit, get, get your life together <laughs> uh, i feel like such so, a pussy saying so that this is our goal that's what i would think is like man that's that that yeah, sure sure you're getting some fitness but I mean Yeah,
2: I'm, but there's there's people that, that don't get off the couch. You sure, know I mean? Sure. Like a mile, it's, it's, all, not, it's all relative. I'm not you know? one of
1: those people. I've been relatively
2: active for a decade or more. I mean, talk about active, right? I mean what you I, what you did for I like to
1: exercise, I hate running. Okay. But right. but uh so I decided Murph is this workout that I hate. And I decided that for September God, I'm saying this out loud, I'm gonna have to do this now. (laughs) That I'm gonna do Murph every every day for the month of September. Holy shit. And see how that goes. (laughs) And I've done it I've done it the last or I did I did it for five consecutive days just to see if like can can I do this? Like is this something that I can It's supposed
0: to be done with a twenty pound vest on. Yeah, Yeah. so so
1: this is the goal is I (laughs) I looked up what an elite athlete's Murph time is. And it's a sub thirty five minute is considered pretty good. So once I can do it in thirty five minutes in in the month when I can time it and hit thirty five minutes, then I'll do it. In they call it in full kit with with the weight vest. Yeah, yeah. After uh, that.
2: Oh, you were kidding. So the so a weight vest is. Uh, yeah, yeah. Wow.
0: So it was. Uh, it's after I think uh, Lieutenant Michael Murphy or something is his okay. name. I gotcha, gotcha. Um, okay, I got you. Um, and it was done with armor on. You know, kit is why right. first refers okay. to kit is a twenty pound vest. Um, and Memorial Day is it's all in memory uh, of soldiers and and. So I'm sitting here going,
2: yeah, the run, I could handle that, and I could probably grind out the squats, right? When we get to, the, like, the pull-ups, I'm like, I don't care in my fittest. <laughs> in my fittest, I can, like, three sets of five, and I'm like, yeah that's. I, this is all do, do you
1: know what kipping pull ups are? Do you know what that means? No. So uh this is something that's real popular in the CrossFit community, kipping pull ups or butterfly pull ups, where you're using your whole body, you're actually like kind of kicking your legs and like think if you had a like if I had this extension cord in my hand, this this cord, and I want to yeah. cause this this wave that goes all the way through it, how you'd kind of whip that right, cord. Right. Okay. So you're using the motion of your whole body to kind of whip yourself up and over the you're bar. You're throwing your weight up, oh, and it's, then it's you're a pulling a kip, your arms a Gymnastics up. kip. Yeah. 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 My daughter had learned yeah. how to do a kip. Cool. Okay. Yeah. So okay. Same, same thing. You're just using that to do the pull-ups. Which, like, I've never been like a CrossFit person. I, I do a lot of exercise that involves some 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 of the same movements. Right. But I think like. CrossFit is like a little bit of this douchey community that I don't really want to be a
2: part of. Right. Little. Uh, I can see that. Yeah. So are tatted bros. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Fuck those guys. <laughs> but um, they're no all. No offense to the CrossFit community. They're, yeah. No no offense. But you guys are all douchebags. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but they're all kipping or, or worse. I well, mean worse. I say that they're, they're doing what are called butterfly pull-ups, which is this circular flailing motion where you're just. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's. it's if, you're, if, if your goal is efficiency and just getting your chin above the bar, some of them get their chin even with the bar. I know what and call you're talking about. have seen it, yeah. But, uh, so how you do the pull-ups really depends on how, how daunting that, that oh 100 pull-up chunk is. I
2: can't imagine.
0: Since I've had my shoulder surgery, I've not done one pull-up. Yeah. unassisted. I've done assisted pull-ups because you, I, you've you seen the assisted pull-ups. You're on a plate. You're on a pad that helps weight you up. And uh, I've just, since that shoulder surgery, just never have done a full pull-up. Mm-hmm. And part of it is is a lack of desire to be able to do a pull-up. So. I love him.
2: I love him so much. Oh, I man. love him like you love running. Maybe you need, we, we, we can exchange some stuff. Then. Okay. Maybe.
1: Yeah. You do that run for me, I'll do your pull-ups. No, buddy. no, no. <laughs> <laughs> show me some things I can be
2: a better pull up burr. Right, so about, I'm guessing
0: yeah. you're going to go for clean pull-ups. So
1: I've been train. So that's the goal. So... uh I can still. I, I think that the rule. I'm making up my own rules for myself right now <laughs> and debating what they should be. But uh, I think as long as you go all the way to a bottom to a, to a dead hang straight arm, mm-hmm. then I don't know. I can do them. I could do them all military style without weight. But to do a hundred of them weighted. That's that's what I'm. That's what I'll probably keep during. Those I, just, with, I with with a vest on. I just
2: broke out in a sweat thinking about that. Okay. <laughs> but man, that's so fun. Like that's the sort <laughs> of
1: miserable that I love to be. Yeah. The run, I hate how that feels.
2: Well, you, do you have the right shoes? And I mean, that's, no, that's a big part of it. You know, you I mean, be, I, if you're running in flip flops, yeah, it's going to suck really bad. But you mean you these the ra- slippers aren't going to work. No, that's not going to work. You know, you I've, I've, I have some some
1: really nice uh, track shoes. Some some really nice New Balance. Uh, they're yeah. like track flats. Okay. That. I like them. Get out of the flats. I am not going to ever be a heel striker ever. No,
2: no, no. You just need, you need a good pair of running shoes. That's why I tell everybody. If you if you really want to run and you want to protect your your ankles and your knees and get off the get off the cement if you can find a track to run mm-hmm. if you can find a, a track or trail to run on.
1: What what a good looking uh, running shoes look like
2: to you? Uh, I, I wear uh just moved over to Hoka's. They're a, they're a running shoe and Um, I wear Asics all the time. Asics, I wore those for years. Okay. What
1: what part of your foot hits the ground first?
2: Uh, Heel strike. Yeah, I'm 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 long distance. See, I'm a hippie.
1: All right. I am a naturalist hippie. Yeah. And I'm sold on the idea that those shoes were invented in the '80s and that it totally changed running. Mm -hmm. And that if you if you didn't have those shoes on, you couldn't strike your foot on the ground that way. If you were running on hard flat ground. No one's heel striking because it's gonna fuck your knees up. Yeah, but the padding that that shoe gives makes it possible to do that.
0: Right. So
2: I, I don't know. I just uh, I think that's just where I ended up. You know. Is your
0: running coach teach you heel toe heel toe? Uh. He,
2: yeah, I think so. Yeah. All
0: right, I'm, and I'm not trying to. Uh, Nick's not a running coach.
1: I,
2: I, I'm not at all. I hate running. He period. taught me. Uh, he taught me more about. Um, more about my, my how I hold my shoulders, my head, and not letting anything. You know, droop, keep everything, you know... Strong my, posture? Strong posture, keeping my, my vision out in front of me, not down in front of me.
0: How much does strong posture matter to running for you?
2: My core and back, everything,
0: yeah. I, I mean, do you immediately get more endurance? Not saying I'm going more, to... More,
2: efi- more, more efficient. You know, what I'm doing with my hands, I'm not getting way out here. I'm keeping everything kind of tight and relaxed. You know, we start tensing up. We start using, you know, energy that we need to, to oh, conserve. Oh, yeah, because you, so.
0: when you're hunching, you're okay. And you, then you've not only... Wasting energy there, the energy of maintaining it in the bounce versus mm-hmm. the
2: main... Yeah. Okay. But, I mean, uh, I, I think it's... Get well, back up on that microphone one more time. Sorry. The, there's, there's another thing, you know. It's like it, uh, that's a piece that's probably relative to, to body size and type. And, I mean, you go to the track, you see a hundred different, you know, people running a hundred different ways. Um, is any one wrong well maybe a few of them are kind of interesting but you know (laughs) right but uh you're gonna if you're gonna do this for any length of time and do it without injury yeah, and and do it with supervision uh i think uh you'll you'll find what works for you right i I don't think that there's any one way of, of of doing it absolutely correctly
1: so may, I wonder how many people were losing in the weeds to, with our exercise conversation. I don't know. I am well, probably putting okay. everybody to sleep with it. But, so so I am over But We we've talked about the sacrifice September just a little bit, but I, I really liked last year that a few people decided to join in with some of the stuff that we did. Some people said that they did some fasting. Some people said that they started doing exercise. Uh, Joel was a person who mm-hmm. seemed to really stick with exercise after mm-hmm. this, and I, and I really like the idea of. Like, hey, what, what, if, what if our stupid podcast is the thing that someone hangs on to that makes them actually get up early in the morning and go run? Right. So that, that I think, is exciting to me of like, hey, our, our little sit, sit around and bullshit with our buddies thing might actually help somebody to improve themselves. I think that that's super cool that that's possible. Oh, absolutely. But, um, but run, exercise is one part of it, right? So we, we talked about other things that we were going to give up. So I love coffee. Every, oh every morning. God, I do it every I morning. So DJ wants to do ca- no caffeine oh. for, for the month.
0: What else? No caffeine. Uh, I'm going to intermittent fast every day except for one day a week, a 24-hour fast. Oof. I'm going to go full keto. I'm going to run a mile every day. You're going to feel like shit for f- a couple of weeks, just a heads up. Um, n- not
1: Unless you start making those adjustments before September 1st. Already
0: started making the adjustments. Got it. So the one, so like my, my caffeine, I've actually started, I have reusable K-cups. So I'm actually using partial servings of coffee. Mm -hmm. I'm almost only having one cup a day. Intermittent fasting this entire month has been intermittent. Uh, This next month will not be full intermittent, but I will do 24 hour fasts during this next month, Um, have started being more active. Um, The track thing you say about running, you've told me more than once, get off the concrete and I, and here's my stupid brain. I can't figure out how, which is like, that's a stupid excuse. And immediately when you said get on the track a minute ago, um, I think it's about a half a mile walk to a high school running <laughs> track right next to me. You probably drove by to get here. Yeah. So I'm like, I could walk half a mile there for my warm up, jog my mile, walk a half mile back from my cool down, and get two miles of movement just right there. Right. Um, so intermittent fast. Keto, twenty-four hour fast once a week, um, run a mile, no caffeine. I think that was it. Uh, I just want
1: to say we are not doctors. Maybe you should consult your physician before oh, making any serious
2: health care choices. Very nice. By the way, my nice. physician
0: just told me to do all these things. Yeah. So <laughs> very nice.
2: Yes, but um, you know, there's another thing to this. It's also self-serving too. My, the staying in, staying fit, right? You know, I'm. I, I look at it like this. I'm 54, and there's a lot of young God, you skydivers coming up that are in really good shape, you know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. I ain't getting any younger, and I want to hold on to those slots, right? So, you know.
0: Man, do you know my life goal, Nick? I have a life goal. Grow old with that lovely wife of yours. I want to be the 90-year-old man shuffling down the street with my wife hand in hand that you go, oh, how cute. Yeah. Which ultimately puts me in, like, it's such a simple goal, but I need to be in good emotional state to be in love with her still. I need to treat her good so she's still in love with me. I need to be good physical and mental condition to get there. Yeah. So for me, this whole exercise, like my doctor just said you're, I'm like one point over anything that's bad. I'm barely bad. But it's like, man, no, if I'm going to be a 90-year-old dude chilling with my wife, I got to get in gear now. <laughs> How long have you and Valerie been together? Uh, 2003. We, moved, we we So married <laughs> not as long as living together. So we have been living together since, uh, it's been almost 16 years now.
2: So I was, uh, I was Dean and I were walking out of the house. We we're walking to the garage. <laughs> she was, uh, I stopped. I was like, ah. I turned around. And she goes, "Where are you going?" And I turned around. And I go, "I'm going inside to get my glasses." <laughs> <laughs> and it, it came out like, it came out like that, and I didn't mean for it to. And she goes, "Oh my god!" <laughs> she goes, oh, we're old. We made it. <laughs> she goes, I'm just seeing what's going, on. <laughs> Where is this going. And she was terrified for a moment. She was like, "Oh my god." <laughs>
1: You're having a stroke right now, aren't you?
0: (laughs) The look on your face as you said it was
1: so worth it. I'm going
2: inside to get my glasses. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, "Oh my god."
1: So, (laughs) part part of September though is is giving things up, right? Things that like I I'm probably chemically addicted to to caffeine at this point. Oh yeah, sobriety was the the other part. Yeah, so so sobriety of giving giving things up. Uh So that's probably something you can speak to of. I'm
2: going I'm going to give up drinking. For the month of September. <laughs> shut, shut, shut the hell up. <laughs> <laughs> but but
1: uh, maybe you're going to have some good advice about, you know, let's say that there's someone listening to this who thinks, oh, I can't do
2: without mm-hmm. this. Yeah. Maybe you
1: can shed some light on uh, um, how how does one do without a thing that you think you need?
2: Right. So, you know, for uh, for me, uh, my story was uh, D and I had been dating for a year, year or so. And uh, she was like, she she realized that it wasn't just a bad boy and harsh partying and social drinking. It was a problem, you know. And uh, she's—and every time she would breach the subject, you know, of, you know, you got to do something, I, I would always have an excuse, you know. Well, you know, it's holidays coming up, New Year's, you know, it's my birthday, you know, whatever. It's the weekend. <laughs> it's Monday, you know. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I always had something working in the back of my T- head. Tilt that back up a little bit. You know, I always there had something, you know, telling me that i i couldn't do that and 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 for an alcoholic you know that's the disease saying buddy you know it's 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 getting nervous it it sees the writing on the wall like people are talking about me going away no way you know it's the only disease that is killing you and at the same time telling you you're fine and uh you know that's that's the reader's digest version Uh, if if there's people out there who are having that issue right um maybe the month of like giving it up for September, it's a, it's maybe it's a bigger issue. Um, I always tell somebody that if you, if you really, really don't know if you're an alcoholic or not, go do some controlled drinking. You know what I mean? Like, like try to go out with friends and not drink. Right. Just try not to, uh, if you fail miserably at it, you know, you might have a problem because see people like you guys, uh, it's, it's impossible for me to explain to you uh the compulsion, and for anybody out there that's listening that that understands like, man, when, when I start, I can't stop, and I don't know how to explain that to anybody, I get it, right? Um, you know it's it, you know we, I just just lost somebody, couldn't get it. People who don't have this don't understand why this beautiful man who had everything in the world going for him and had so many people loving him and was pulling so hard for him, how he ended up living on the street in San Antonio dying on a bus stop. And that's what this disease does. You know, It is cunning, baffling, and powerful. It is um, not prejudice. It takes you from every socioeconomic background, every... Level of education, doesn't matter how much money you got, you know, if you got it, you got it. So my advice is, my advice is, if you think you might have a problem, talk to somebody, you know, don't be embarrassed, don't be ashamed, you know, it's, it's a real problem, it's a real issue. My personal opinion, it's a real disease, and I take it very seriously, and, I, and it's a deadly disease, Um, and I make no bones about that. You know, I've lost a lot of people, a lot of really, really close people behind this thing. And, um, when I start talking, like we're talking right now, like what kind of advice do I have? Get some help. Talk to some people. Don't wait for, give it up September. If you've got an issue, don't wait. You know, there is a solution, you know, and you're not alone. There's rooms full of people that want to help you, you know?
1: When you say talk to someone, what exactly does that mean? Like, if am I going to ask a DJ, "Hey, man, do you think I have this problem?" Mm-hmm. Or
2: am I going to reach out to someone, you know? So I get questioned a lot about, "Man, you're you're really open about this alcohol thing that you got right." And and um, I am at, at this at this point in the game there's little, if anything, in my story that's going to hurt me, right? Now, there's people out there that should be quiet about their problem. Doctors, lawyers, pilots. (laughs) It's probably not a wise idea for you to be floating out there that you're an alcoholic. Somebody that drops French fries and hamburgers for a living. (laughs) Yeah, you know, I'm I'm not going to scare off too many people. But um, I I found that me being open, um, I've had way more people come up to me sidebar and say, hey, you got a second? And, and for me, that's what it's all about, right? Um, my recovery means that uh, I'm centered. I've put the, the drink problem in its place. I continue to work on it. Uh, I've removed this ego, self centeredness thing. I've found a higher power. And then the most important thing is I'm, I'm able to help somebody else that has this problem. Because I, I keep coming back to this it's, you know, I, people out there, uh, we, I could bore them to tears, they just don't understand right i had no say in whether or not i was going to drink i was going to drink and by the time, by the end of my story i had to drink or i was physically ill right so it'd gone to a really nightmares type place so there's people out there that understand there's people out there that have what you know you're the alcoholic who's active who wants to stop but can't his mind or her mind is completely they're they tell us like people don't people won't understand they, they won't get it, right? I can't explain it. Well, there's people out there that do understand this, and those people are, you know, there's programs, there's doctors. Go talk to your doctor about it. Just about any doctor will know where to send you, right? Grab me. You know, if you got a problem and you think you might have a problem, I'll talk to you about it all day long, right? I'm not going to sit there and listen to a bunch of excuses. We're going to get into action, and I'm going to tell you what it was like, what I did, and what it's like today. And if you want to know where to go and get help, I can help you with that, right? So there's there's tons of people out there to seek. So I don't know if that was a long answer to your short question. No, I think that uh,
3: perfect.
1: I think you, you've got a really good response to someone with uh, with a good drink with a with a drink problem with yeah. alcohol, and that's something that I've, I've never personally uh, experienced. I've, I've think the most alcohol I've ever had in my life at one time was probably sitting in that seat when I had, I think I had three beers once when we had uh, Monfi on the show. I think I had my third Shiner Bach. And it, that shit was wild. It, see, you know, and like like your story
2: <laughs> is as bizarre to me as my story is to somebody who doesn't have, you know what I mean? Like, wow, and, God, that is so weird, you know? It's like, yeah I still, I'll, I'll go to dinner with Dina and we'll have some drinks at the bar and if we go to the go to sit down and she's like only drink like half her glass of wine and we leave it on the bar still to this day I go fuck that's that's just weird to leave a half a drink on the bar like that that's just bizarre you know you can't fathom it yeah it's just it's like I don't understand that it's like damn.
1: I'm 100% that way with food like and I and I honestly <laughs> I lose control <laughs> with food right and I will eat to the point of like hey I'm way beyond enjoying food I'm just Give me for, more. I'm For a lack of a better word, excuse me, I'm hate-fucking-my-face oh with food. Oh, my God, <laughs> and, and And, I, and I, I know the feeling of not being able to stop beyond the point of knowing that something's good for me, but I have the benefit of the next day I'm really good at hitting the reset button and, yeah. and being normal, and it's not like... It's not like I'm gonna have too much food and go crash my car into someone or make some
2: terrible life decisions. Yeah, Tina's so, like Tina says that. She's like, dude. She goes, "It's gonna be one of those nights where you look at me and you go, 'Why'd you make? Why'd you let me do that?' <laughs> <laughs> you blame it on your wife too. <laughs> so, do,
1: um, you, do you have a casual drink? No. Okay. When you said having drinks at the bar, I didn't. I didn't know you're having right. a water. She's having a drink. Oh yeah.
2: Okay. I mean, I, I got you. I, I I go out. I can I, I can have uh, whatever I want as long as there's no alcohol in it. And, you know, I can hang and have fun. Surely temples, and me and you, all night, all night, man, all <laughs> night, all night.
0: i we'll, we'll we'll talk about this more, but Tuesday night speakeasy. I'll tell you more about it. Um, it, we'll figure it out. We're going okay. restaurant week. Super good menu. Um. <laughs> So... We were just
2: at Speakeasy or next door to it. Yeah, there's another bar there. Yeah.
0: Uh, the, This Speakeasy is called Noble Experiment. It's no. connected to Grazia's Restaurant. Okay. No. Um, Here, at dude, if you've never been to Grazia's here in Perryland, it is off the chain, okay. dude. Stellar Food. Uh, They've gone downhill for a couple years. Their executive chef, Steve... Uh, You've heard of Del Frisco. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was the uh, executive chef for Del Frisco for eighteen years. Right on. Okay. Uh, came to Grazia's, Eventually bailed on Grazia's because he got a he got poached a great job offer, and now he's back. So their menu is just crazy, man. Um, some of my friends, um, and it's it's so hard because you say we can't truly understand, and in no way or mind will I act like I have a chance at understanding where you're at. Um, but what I can say is, as a friend of addicts, and I and and I've explained to you some. Zevia, it's a soda without sugar. You saw me looking. Oh, yeah, 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 I man. was like, what is that? It, it's a, uh, a zero-calorie, zero-sugar drink, my friend. Yeah, it's got stevia. So there is grape. Is there any more of that cherry in there?
1: Yeah, there's a cherry cola. There's a grape one in there.
0: Would you like one? I'll
2: grab one in a sec, yeah. the, Okay, cool. The
0: stevia has just a little
1: bit of an aftertaste that uh, for some people is hard to, to overlook, but uh, I really enjoy it. Yeah. All right. Absolutely, I'm sorry. Um, No, no
2: worries, man. So like the official sponsor Dave Dave Lozano told you to take all bright, shiny objects out of here. (laughs) He did. (laughs) So Dave
0: Lozano, I don't know if you saw this, Nick. He said, oh, Billy Whitaker's going to be on the show. And (laughs) one of the things he said is uh, you might want to add a censor button to the show. (laughs) My comment was you obviously don't listen to the show. (laughs) This has probably been the most PC show, non-cussing show we've had in quite a while. True story. Yeah. True story. So once again, I can't pretend to, to understand or be empathetic to your problem, but as a friend, I have loved ones who are addicts. I have a really, one of my best friends is in jail right now because of his addiction issue. Um, I have friends, I, it, it's just a problem, and for sure there's those of us who are approachable, but there's nothing we can do for you. or not nothing I can do for you, but I, I can't give you as much insight as somebody like Billy can. Mm-hmm. Um that person right now comes up to me and says, yo, bro, I, I'm 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 done drinking. I'm sober. I'm not going to drink anymore. And then the next day or nah, three or four days later. Oh, yeah, I've had a couple of drinks. Mm-hmm. What do you tell them on day one day? Like today is my day. What do I do today?
2: Yeah. You know uh, what I personally would tell them is, you know, I, I I go to a place that would, you know, ask you to probably do, you know, 90 meetings in 90 days, you know. So uh, find a support group. Find a support group, yeah. Kind of like running. And, find s- a coach. And, and surround yourself with them, you know. Um, <clears throat> you know. For me, I had to kind of change all my uh, playmates and play places for a while. You know, I had to change everything about me. You know, uh, so, a sober life was nothing that I had ever experienced in my life. And, you know, uh, the physical side of getting sober was the hardest thing that um, I've ever done in my life. But... Meaning the withdrawals part, yeah. Okay, but but um, um because I tell everybody I drank first and drank last, and I had a, a whole nother little d- set of dirty uh dirty deeds in between, right? <laughs> you know, like I, I had uh, some other um things that I enjoyed doing that that caused me a lot of you know physical problems, and so I had you know once I once I cleaned all that out, you know, I didn't know how to live. Sober, I didn't, you know, it, it, all that stuff is a symptom of, of deeper issues, right? And the bottom line is, <clears throat> whether it was insecurities or det- detachment issues or growing up, abandonment, wh- whatever, you know, whatever it, whatever it was, now you're stuck with that. You know, those, those, are real, those are real issues. You know, the drinking was just a symptom, of all this other stuff you know that i'm I'm trying to avoid, you know, I hated the way I felt about myself, I hated who I saw in the mirror i I, I tried to drink all that stuff away, and then the consequences of the, the way I drank started happening, and then you start drinking to avoid those consequences, and it's just this ugly, nasty downward spiral and so when I got sober, you know it's like, Jesus Christ, man, you know if you don't start doing some of the work that's that's suggested you're going to be in a lot of trouble. You're going to be in a lot of pain. And um, the the place that I go that helped me get my shit together and continue to go to today, you know, has uh, has a system in place to help us work through these issues, right? Mm-hmm. So it's understandable if somebody says, you know, that's why we tell them. It's like, you know, don't worry about anything else. If you don't know if you're an alcoholic or not, Try and go do some controlled drinking, right, on your own. Because all that stuff is not going to allow that to happen. It's not going to allow it to happen. If you're if you're a real alcoholic, it's not going to happen. You're going to spin off. You're going to do it time and time again. You're going to do it at the worst possible moment. And you're going to grind through anyone and everyone that ever gave a shit about you in the process. And, um, you know, we get this, like, you know... My friend that we lost this last week was a reminder you know i i 've been sober for a really long time, and i 'm super active in in the recovery scene and um, you get this you make a lot of friends right i got I got family you know that i got I grew up with them sober but the fact of the matter is not everybody gets this thing very few people get it. You know, there's more stories of going out time and time again and not ever getting it than there are people who get their shit together behind this thing. And that's, again, that's because this disease is the only one that I know of that is killing you and everyone around you. But at the same time telling you, you got time. It's okay, Maybe it'll be different. You're better this time. You got this under control. You know, that's the alcoholic thinking and every time it's it's the same thing only a little worse same thing only a little worse you
0: yeah. one of the things you mentioned is it's it's a symptom the problem <coughs> is you whatever the detachment whatever the issue it is um so many of my friends who are addicts will sit there and say there is no problem there is no problem at what point did you realize there was that underlying problem and alcohol was just a symptom okay well, one more time so many so many of my addict friends will sit there and say, I don't have a problem. It, it isn't that Daddy didn't mm-hmm. love me. It isn't that I have an issue. It isn't a self-esteem thing. It's just I enjoy drinking. Mm-hmm. Um, and at some point, I've, I've had friends who've gone through recovery as well as you have um, as far as they're succeeding today. And, and we've mentioned one of our friends privately together. Um, and they say, man, once I got sober and really started my sobriety, I started realizing those underlying problems were there. Um, when did you realize the the underlying problem was there, and man, I, I wish I want to be more specific, but I don't want to uh, mm-hmm. give too many no, stories I, I, that give away people's secrets. Yeah,
2: I understand. Um, for me, it was like um, so when I was um, eighteen, I was introduced to this to you know I was in the, I was in a, a treatment center, and they were taking us to meetings outside of this place. And I was, uh, like I said, I was like 18. There was not no way you were going to tell me I was done drinking, right? And I was doing all the yes sir, no sir, okay, whatever, you know, because I wanted out of there. And I did. I, I stayed sober for about five months. I was living in a halfway house down the Montrose area. Got a little job at a hardware store, Southland Hardware. I don't know if you guys know about it. It's still there. No. Yeah.
1: Is that on like uh, 11th Street or, or 14th Street? No, Street? no, it's
2: down the Montrose area. It's on Westheimer, yeah. Yeah, I know where that is. Yeah, yeah right. Girlfriend's yeah.
1: old place is right across
2: from there. Yeah, right Southland? on. All right. You're Southland. familiar with Montrose. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I was, I was working there and putting a little money aside, and I was gone, right? Um, so I tell everybody uh, what was introduced to me at the time uh, was a good thing, whether I took it or not, because when I was ready 12 years later, I knew where to go. So I did the same thing. I, you know, wrapped myself up in this this program and kind of hung out in the back, but I wasn't doing any of the work. And um, about 18 months sober, I got to a place where um, I was either going to start doing the work, I was either going to drink again, or I was going to kill myself. And um, uh, that's how much pain I was in. Because, you know, all the, all this stuff is just sitting there and I got nothing, nothing to numb it with, you know, it's, you know, the self-loathing is, um, is something that is really hard to describe, you know, like when you look in the mirror and you just cannot stand the person that you're seeing, you know, that all the things that I've done, if anybody ever knew about that, they would despise me, you know what I mean? And, uh, that's how I felt about myself and I didn't have any way to work through this. And that's why I talk about, you know, this, this program provides, you know, a series of step work to, to help you through this. And, um, and I finally went to my sponsor and I said, you know, I'm in trouble. I'm, I'm either going to drink or I'm going to kill myself. Are you ready to do some work? And that's, that's when everything changed. That's when I started understanding and, and start, started to grow, you know, started to be happy again. Yeah, that was the thing. He would make us go out to dinner every night after this beginner's meeting, uh, Tuesday night beginner's meeting. And all these little sponsees that he had, you know, they were all happy and fucking getting, you know, all happy, you know, and smiling. <laughs> I hated them, you know. I wanted to stab them in the fucking eye with a butter knife, you know. <laughs> and that's because they were doing the work, you know, and they were getting better, you know, and they were getting on with their lives. And, and I wasn't, I was stuck in, you know, I was a dry drunk, you know, I was everything that I was drunk, just sober. And, it, and it's not pretty. It's not pretty for anybody around you. And, um, you know, it's one of the great gifts of my sobriety is, you know, uh, I have this unbelievable life, but, um, you know, you attract what you put out there, Right. And when I look around I see the quality of people in my life and who I have in my life, the friends that I have today, right? Um, the the complete freedom I have to walk up and, and give the hugs and get the hugs that I get every day, right? Um, man, you can't really put a price on that. And it's it's a life that I never, ever dreamed possible for me 24 years ago. I never saw that kind of a life for me, you know? And... It's pretty sad when you say it out loud like that, right, but it's the truth and i'm and i'm I'm a garden variety drunk, right i mean i'm one of millions who need to do this, but who can't and who never get it i'm I consider myself uh extremely grateful i'm extremely grateful that I fell ass backwards into this, I hung on to it, and I started taking some direction
0: I'm glad you did too, man. you are absolutely an amazing and inspiring individual and lord knows you probably wouldn't be where you're at in life today if you had not found your sobriety right and uh you know you you we before we started off the air you talked about like you look up to us you see what we do the magic of nick and all his video stuff and his badass skydiving and what I do with the rating center and what we do with the show. And I'm like, man, I'm just amazed that you would sit with a bunch of losers in his basement shooting video. (laughs) And, uh, you, you're just, you're an inspiring man. You inspire people around you and just being around you. Nick and I have talked about how great just talking and listening
2: to you is. So
0: I'm glad you
2: found it. I appreciate that. That's, uh, you know, that's uh, hard for me to sit and listen to sometimes, you know, um, it's great. I appreciate it. But like, uh, it, it's given me an opportunity to grow in in ways that I never thought I'd be able to, you know. But getting back to this, I don't want jump subjects jump too hard. We're good at this, but I I really I'm more curious about like how this all started. You know, you know what I mean? Like, oh, okay. We'll talk about that as long as we can talk about McDonald's afterwards. Okay. Oh, straight up, that <laughs> is yep, perfect segue.
0: <laughs> no, no. no, that, Okay, ask fine.
2: ask your questions. What you got? Okay, so you know I I appreciate like. Uh, building building things from nothing, right? You know, like God, this has come a long way, Nick. No, and and I'll even tie... you know, I'll tie has it, it? No, I'll tell I'll tell McDonald's, I'll tie McDonald's. Money into this. wise. You know, definitely. Like you know, you Not he, maturity wise. You hear these stories like, Yeah, I'm a McDonalds owner operator, but I started out as and and it's just it's really the truth. But you, you, know? you
1: own and operate three McDonalds locations, right? Just for anyone who's listening and doesn't know your yes. backstory.
2: And I you know, my you know, I got in through what's called a second gen program. My um my father-in-law's been in it for fifty years. Uh, I started working in one of his stores. I started out as a crew person. I worked my way up, became a swing manager. Did that for you know a year or so. Ended up uh, getting a general manager position in his organization. I ran a store for a few years. Had a supervisor leave. I stepped into his position, and I and I supervised um, four, four or five locations for Sam for ten years. Right before I, I ventured out and got, had my own. So that, that's a real story, and that really happens. And I, I'm one of many who who have who have done that. We look at SpaceLand. I remember when SpaceLand was like. <laughs> no, seriously. I remember yeah. when it was like a hangar and you know a dirt runway, right? And so I have a lot of respect for you know Steve and and everything that he's done. And when I when I look at you guys in here today, you know, I, I I'm I'm really like in awe. You know, I have a deep respect for when people have a vision and they're able to like get somebody together and they're able to execute it and start building it, and it's obvious. Like this thing is is rolling, you know, so my hat's off to you guys you know I, I i really am uh curious about how this all came to be and where the idea came from and you know I mean you guys you, know, you, you went to him because you knew that he had a certain talent you no. brought Justin in because you thought he had some talent so you know? it's quite
0: serendipitous, i'd say at the beginnings i uh i I'm a big podcast consumer, I love listening to podcasts, I listen mm-hmm. to him nonstop Uh, One of my favorite podcasts, also happens to be Nick's and a few of our friends, is the Joe Rogan Experience. And Joe Rogan is, I've actually become a lot like Joe Rogan in this aspect, where everybody should start a podcast. I'm a big supporter of other people's podcasts. I was recently on a friend's, um, and I'll push and promote anybody who's got a story to share, start a podcast. And I listened to Joe Rogan enough times say this that I said, Mm -hmm. man, I'm going to try this because I have a lot of really cool friends, and I would love to share their stories. So
2: Joe, he's a big proponent of like, Go start one. Go. Yes, huge. Okay. He's got the biggest podcast, okay. and he's responsible for a, quite a quite a large number of people. Yeah. He, he's the first person that uh, I started listening to when I didn't even know what a podcast was. Right? You know, yeah. Yeah. So I,
0: uh, I, and one of the things he says is just forget about technology. Forget about you don't know how to start a podcast. Put your phone down and hit record. And I'm like, man, I got all these cool friends like Billy Whitaker, who's got this really cool inspirational story to share. A lot of Fun jumpers don't really get to know us working skydivers. Like a lot of people go, oh, no, no, I know you. I'm like, no, nah, if you see me at the DZ, bro, you really just don't mm-hmm. know me because mm-hmm. I'm at work all day. Um, you know a version of me. Mm-hmm. And we joked around earlier about if, if, Billy, if work Billy met, right. fun jumping Billy. Um, so I thought it was a good chance to share these personalities and who we all are. And so I actually set up with Ben Nelson to do the first show. And ben I, wasn't and I, his, I wasn't his first he choice.
1: He was not, that's not what his I mean. first choice. That is right. <laughs> it's okay, baby. Who, whoever, but first, first choice for the first guest for the first show was, was ben, Nelson. But ben Nelson. Whoever he leaves
2: the dance with, that's what really matters.
0: That's what okay. I'm saying. So uh, Ben was not able to make it, so I hit up Nick. The side hose don't count. And Nick and I sat down and uh, recorded a video on this phone. This phone sat on that tripod with a battery pack broadcast on the
2: Facebook. That's great.
0: So if you go download the first episode of our podcast ever, I went on Facebook, pulled the audio (laughs) off of it, remixed it. It's gotta be dog shit. It's just fucking horrible, and it has over 500 (laughs) downloads, which makes me sad. like, please, the only reason it's not deleted is, outside of legal reasons, I won't delete anything. It's 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 who we are. It's where we came from. Have you listened to the first Rogan podcast? I don't think so. It's dog shit. It really is. And I'm glad I've listened to it, because it makes me so much happier to know that like we we all start with horrible beginnings. So, eventually, was that under the rating center page? Um, yeah, it was on the rating center page. Yeah, I did the first 6 episodes on the rating center page while we try to come up with a name for the show. Uh-huh. I've been throughout a contest like if you can help me name the show, I'll give you a free TRC shirt. Uh-huh. Um, Danielle Fuentes, if I remember right, was the one who helped me name the show. She didn't get the full name, but she's the one who put me here, so I'm like worthy of the shirt. Um, after six episodes, we came up with the name, started getting every, I wanted to produce six shows before we published. Uh-huh. I think, I think that
1: that came from, uh, Tim Ferriss' podcast recommendation.
0: Tim, yeah. Do you Tim, remember that? Yes, it does. Yeah. And Tim Ferriss, it was like, you know, leave people wanting more, but have more to give them. Um, so Nick was the producer. Nick sat there. I, Nick, in our first meeting said, I want to be your, uh, young Jamie. I'll be
1: the young Jamie to your Joe Rogan. Yeah. But uh, saying that. Which <laughs> doesn't
0: talk. He just pushes buttons. Yeah. And I kept telling Nick, I want you to talk more. And Nick's like, that's not the deal I signed up for. Um Eventually, Nick goes out of town. So, Ben is the backup producer. So, now I got Nick and or Ben helping me do this conversation. Yeah. Then, Ben moves to Dallas because he's an asshole and I hate you, Ben. <laughs> um and when ben moves to dallas don't don't hurt ben's feelings someone give ben a hug to make him feel better about that (laughs) ben loves hugs hashtag hugs for ben um when ben moves now we have a problem and we need a new backup producer justin had recently visited the show supplied a laugh track to texas first visit that was just (laughs) contagious as f man it was wonderful um and he I could not help, but that's a funny motherfucker, I dude. Think. He is man, and it just seemed like a natural fit. Super smart, yeah, and a personality, right? And an engineer. Those things, engineer and personality, don't go together. Yeah. So he, you watched Nick one twice, and you could afford him, right? Oh, yeah. dude, everybody here works for free. Yeah. None of us are paid. <laughs> this is the, this is not a paying gig. Yeah. Um, you watched him produce twice, right? Yeah,
1: maybe one, so. once was was you laughing over there for the whole show? So yeah. you must have been watching DJ, right, for that first? Yeah, one? because I was yeah. on the couch with Tex. Yeah, and so. I wasn't even really watching him. I was like sitting in the in the little corner over there, like behind the the desk. I I wasn't even yeah. really watching what was going on. I was just enjoying the show, it was, like so,
0: middle of my AFF course. After he watches Nick produce a couple times, we're like, cool. Why don't you produce while Nick sits over your shoulder? And Justin immediately says, this, 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 and Nick's like. You got it, enjoying the guest on the couch. And uh, eventually Nick became the co-host. At that point, really, Nick became the co-host. I was
1: still going to say I was pressured into it.
0: Oh, fuck yeah, dude. 100%, <laughs> man. I, I I pushed for it pretty, pretty hard, yeah. Um, now, that reminds me. I'm going to share a little bit of breaking news, but I'm not going to share all the news. This just, this just in. This just in. I <laughs> was on uh, the Lunatic Fringe with uh, Dean Ricci. He's known as the fucking pilot on Blue Skies Magazine. Lunatic Fringe is a podcast, and I was his guest. Uh, You can go check it out. It was a really fun podcast. I announced on that show that we have a new co-host coming in. I'm fucking firing Nick. You're out of here. Hit bricks. Cool. Um, (laughs) Now, we have a new co-host coming in. It won't be a regular co-host. It'll be a very sporadic co-host. So we are adding maybe when Justin's out of town or Nick's out of town, and we, we need to throw that second person in the mix, or maybe when we just need a female perspective. That's all I'll share right now. Is is we do have a new co-host who will eventually be joining us. It is a lady, and right now uh, nobody knows except for the guys on the show. Right on. Right. So that that's kind of where we came well, and, from. And the lady, and the lady. Yeah. Um, so what? What do you guys? I mean, what? What? Do you, what's the end
2: game? Are we just you know? There's have gotta fun. be fun. Yeah.
0: If we if we're not having fun, we're going to quit doing this. Okay, I, I dig mean, it. Yeah, um, I got to go then. <laughs>
3: ultimately, um, oh.
0: ultimately
1: <laughs> nothing against you, <laughs> Billy. Come on. <laughs> well, that was fully an insult to DJ. Don't take, don't take that personal.
0: So really you're the ideal guest of the end game. The end game is to be 50, 50. I don't want to be fully skydiving. Okay. Gravity lab radio does not insinuate skydiving. Mm-hmm. Um, it just is anything. And so I want to share more of life stories, influences, sobriety cool. stories, we're about to talk a little bit about entrepreneurship and business, yeah, and, and birthday parties. And birthday parties, uh, God, that was epic, man. Our <laughs> guest next week uh, is Ori so Cooper, cool. who is actually uh, recovering from cancer. The Cooper, that's yeah, right, yeah. man. He's actually staying him. in the room right next behind me right oh, now. Oh, big! So you'll big see him before you leave.
2: Love maybe. Love work Cooper. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, and then we have, you know, we have uh all sorts of interesting stories. So ultimately, I'm using it to kind of learn more about things. Yeah ultimately uh sharing different stories and if we really broke out of the skydiving mold and did more things for fun as long as i think you said it first nick as long as we're having fun we'll keep doing this and i signed on to that motto right Right away that is our
2: mission statement or he took me on my first tracking dive
0: man isn't he a great guy
2: that was a long time ago yeah yeah
0: so we've uh we've gone from a little cell phone recording to a soundboard we have five microphones now was there four monitors in the room? Four cameras with six angles? It's four
1: monitors and two computers. Well, yeah. six monitors
0: if you count them all.
2: Yeah, so yeah. It, it, it's definitely growing. You can see the equipment from the yeah. the room, the feel, a beer uh, fridge. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, you know, you, you tune in. You know, if you don't tune in every week, it seems like oh, you know, when you, when I do tune in, there's there's a uh, subtle changes to it, and you can tell like the comfort level is there, and there's a direction that it's going. And I, I just dig that, you know. It, it's got it. it's gotten wheels and it's headed Speaking right. Speaking
1: of which, I like that PD flag right there. It's a nice oh, fit.
2: Oh,
0: thank you, thank you very much, man. It's yeah. just slightly off the camera angle. Oh yeah, it's not on the camera angle. <laughs> I got thirty of those just recently. Got it under control with. The yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's not really meant to be in camera. It's just. Uh, it's, just it's good in there. for me to look yeah. at. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I recently received thirty of those. So if any of our spacelands need. PD pennants. I have them. Okay. So um, it, it's been fun, but I really want to talk a little bit about business and growth sure. because a skydiving is not a cheap man sport. It no. really isn't, man, especially to do some of the really cool things you're doing and you're really pushing the limits. And I want to talk between entrepreneurship and lifestyle. Sure. Because big ways, I, I titled this show something about go big. Mm-hmm. And it's not just big ways in skydiving, it's big ways of life for you. Right. You own three McDonald's franchises. Correct. You still skateboard with your son somewhat Uh, regularly. Yeah. You surf. You go on really mega vacations regularly. You are living
2: life. Yeah, man. But it's, you know, a lot lot of plates are spinning. Uh, It takes a a partnership. I've got, um, you know, D has uh, been an unwavering support for me. I've taken probably uh, way more advantage of that than than, uh, I probably should. Um, I couldn't do anything in the skydiving world that I I enjoy doing if it wasn't wasn't for her helping me out. She's right? not listening anymore. Uh, that's okay. <laughs> that's Okay, I, I I put that out there for for everyone. Let let everyone know that I know that because um I think some of the big mistakes in life are um you know taking things for granted mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and uh, I don't want to ever ever think uh, that she would ever uh, have an inkling that I I take any of that for granted you know yeah. um. Skydiving is, uh, as we were talking about earlier, for me, um, it's a special thing, man. Um, uh, it it fills a peace in me. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm uh, where I'm supposed to be when I'm leaving the plane, when I'm in the air with my friends, when I'm skydiving. That's, that's the place I'm supposed to be, and I can't really explain it outside of that. It's quiet. It's calm. And... Uh, I, I, you know, I would survive. I would find <laughs> other things to do. I guess, right? I've proven once before. I've almost walked away from the sport, but where I'm at today and what it means to me is is that it's something I can't really explain to people who aren't doing it with me. And my wife, I think, to some degree, as much as uh, say a non-alcoholic can understand a, an alcoholic's trials and tribulations, uh, somebody who doesn't jump, who isn't there, but who lives with me and has grown with me. Understands that um, skydiving is a huge, huge piece of me, and uh, and and to have that kind of support and still uh, allow me to go after the other things in life that that you know I enjoy doing. I love I I love what I do. I love business. Uh, I love McDonald's. I love the the working model of McDonald's. But I also like other things outside of McDonald's. Would you McDonald's. say you're loving it? I am <laughs> loving it. That's nice. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So I'm loving
0: it. So very few people. So many people will say I love what I do for a living. Yeah, but I don't believe many people truly love what they do for a living. I do believe you're one of them. Yeah. Um, I, you you almost fell into this passion because, like you said, you it's your father-in-law. You you mm-hmm. worked for him for right. years.
2: Yeah. I think um, it you know there was a lot of unknowns for me. Um, the the biggest. I remember sitting in a movie theater with Dina and her going, you know, I was trying to figure this was early on and mm-hmm. trying to figure out, man, what am I going to do? Right. And she goes, why don't you see if you want to ask my dad and maybe manage one of his restaurants? And I remember looking at her and going, are you kidding me? There's like 10 or 15 people at one time. man. I can't do that. You know what <laughs> I mean? you know, and, and again, that's where I was at that time. Yeah now where i'm at man i signed the contract on the last store it wasn't dry and i'm I, I, you know i'm looking at the next thing and um to be that excited and have that much confidence and and know that you know i'm i'm capable of doing whatever it is i want to do it's a beautiful thing man that's a gift right mm-hmm. and uh, it it it's something i don't know if i recognize enough in me sometimes
0: I was interviewed, this is a few years ago now, and said, when did you know you wanted to open the Rating Center and make it your career? Mm -hmm. And uh, I said, that's weird because I didn't know I wanted to make the Rating Center my career until I had owned it for about eight years. So this is about three years ago now. Yeah, Um, It was being involved in owning and running the business that really made me realize this is what I meant to do at least for a long part of my life.
2: Yeah.
0: When did you realize... That McDonald's and being a franchise owner was your
2: path. okay. So and you know going when I was going through the process and you know that was no fun. You know, being a swing manager, being a general manager, but it was it was required. You know, there's a, a I saw this on Facebook. You know, um, quick success builds ego. Long long success builds character. And I didn't see that. I, I I was really at that time. I I want that and I want it now. And that's my typical. I did about a lot of things, mm-hmm. um, being forced through the process showed me the business, and it made me uh, get an education in business I could have gotten nowhere else i'm not a college guy. I have a really hard time sitting down in a classroom and doing textbook you know i just it's not me i'm a get in there, get my hands dirty, figure things out, show me how it works, let me try it kind of person mm-hmm. and um when I got through the the process of becoming owner operator and I got my first store, it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. You know, I was uh, I was a glorified general manager. You know, I was running the store. I was in the store every day. I was working longer hours. Every you know anything that happened then really fell in my lap, but it was necessary, and I still didn't see that at that time. When I, I started getting some people in, started being able to step back from the business just a little bit, just enough to catch my breath, and when my other two opportunities came up, you know I was still kind of somewhat attached to my father-in-law's organization, and I still utilized a lot of their support systems in the office and stuff like that. But the day that I walked into his office and I said, "There's two more opportunities coming up," and he asked me, "Which one was I going to go after?" And I told him both that was the day where I was like, okay, things, things are changing for not just, not just my situation, but they're changing within me, right? And I started, uh, I think it was the confidence thing. I think it was a, a higher belief in myself. Uh, I, I was starting to see success. I was actually starting to see what, what success in business felt like. Um, that's when it changed for me, and that's been really... You know, I'm 54. That's only like three years ago, you know, where I've really felt like this is it. You know, this is it. I can do this.
0: Anyway, It's never too late, man. It, it's for me. It was what, three or four years ago. So I was in my young 40s. You were in your young 50s when we realized, hey, maybe I have something I can do for a while now. Yeah. Um. One of the hard parts for me is has been. Finding the right people to hire, finding the right people to work for me. For me, it's contractors. I'm, I'm in a stage of growth right now, and I love the crew I'm with and what I have. But I was recently at a drop zone and a restaurant owner who used to work for the drop zone manager. Um, the restaurant owner, the drop zone manager, and myself were hanging out together, and he was talking about people working for him. And how hard it was. And he apologized. said, hey, man, I'm so sorry. I was such a pain in the butt employee when I worked for you. Uh, I'm super stoked when my employees just show up with both shoes on the right feet. That's right.
2: Yeah. Yeah, It'll change the way you look at things when you become uh, Charlie in charge. Yeah, absolutely.
0: It's easy for me to say, Nick, you don't cut the mustard. You shouldn't work here. But at the same time, you have to accept not everybody's going to cut the mustard the way you want them to. But they can still work there. How do you find that balance?
2: Well, first of all, I tell everybody I'm a, I'm a much better employer than I was an employee. I, I admit that, right? Um, I think uh, McDonald's is a, for, for me, it's got systems in place, you know, that, that help you with that. But as, but as somebody who, you know, I, I provide the vision, but I've got really, really solid people that help me execute that vision. I don't run my stores. You know, I, 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 I hold a lot of people to task on what we want to get done. But believe me, if there's an operator out there that is going to blow out their chest and tell you how much, you know, their stores depend on them to operate every day, they're, they're sadly confused, right? It's, it's my managers. It's my crew people. Those are the people that run my restaurant. And, and you need to learn how to treat them because they are your number one asset if you can't treat your people right, if you can't take care of them, you're never going to succeed in this business. The, mm-hmm. the days of like walking in and being pissed off and screaming and yelling at people, these it, kids today, they'll tell you to go scratch, man. It's like, I'm going to sit up here and take that, right? Mm-hmm. So um, really being able to take care of your people, I think, is, a, is the number one uh, success factor because we t- it, it's, uh, it's our number one issue, you know. Um, retention. Hiring and retention, training and retention, that's my number one killer. Turnover, and it seems it almost
0: in the industry. I've heard people say things like, do you know who I am? I'm the boss. I'm in charge, and and they beat their chest, and they've been King Kong. And, Mm. And I actually took one of the conversations of, do you know who I am? And, Nick, I think you heard me say this recently. I've turned it into a conversation of, do you know who they are? Yeah. It's about those people. It's important that we learn who they are and what motivates them and how to speak to them individually.
2: So, um, one of the things I was unprepared for uh, in this business is um, how close you, you become with, with your people. You know, we can talk, like, down the road, 10, 15 years, like, what's my next chapter look like? And the first thing that comes to my head is, you know, if I start developing an exit strategy now, what am I going to do with these, you know what I mean? Like, I'm already worried, and we're not even there yet, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But the first thing that comes to my mind is, you know, how do I take care of them, right? And I was not, th- that's the last thing I thought I would be worried about. And um, it's the first thing that I'm worried about now, you know? It's like, you know, what's, you know, I've grown up with them. Most of my managers have worked with me for 10, 15, 15 years now. My, my director or supervisor, she's been with me for, you know, 16 years. Do you, do you feel like that mode of thinking came
1: along with you inheriting this position? Or is that something that developed as you spent more time there?
2: You know, uh, there's a Miss Flores. She works, in my ki- she works in one of my kitchens. I remember the day she, I was in the office talking to Gabby, and I had a conversation with her, and she said something to Gabby in Spanish as she was leaving the office. And Gabby chuck, you know, chuckled a little bit. She's my supervisor. And I go, what did Miss Flores say? She goes, you've changed. You know? And that was a big compliment. It was a huge compliment because I used to be like, you know, go in, push bread <laughs> bread stacks over, and scream and yell and throw shit in the kitchen, and <laughs> you know, and and uh, I think that as I become more confident with who I am and how the system works, and and uh, you know, understand the needs of my people and what you know what's how this thing really works, um, that's subsided. You know, I have systems in place where we don't have to yell and scream anymore. You know, we got you know you do this i do that if i ask you to do this you don't do that i do this you know it's the job right so what was motivating the yelling and screaming just people
1: not doing their job not doing yeah, a good for job yeah what,
2: for whatever you know i was a, you know a, you know raging you know plus at the time i'm still you know relatively green, sober, you know, and I'm still working on some stuff with me. So all this stuff is kind of working off of each other. You know, I've got a lot of pressures, you know, I'm not sure if I'm into this thing and if it's going to work out for me, not sure if I'm going to be successful with it, I'm, you know, all this self-doubt. And a lot, a lot of this is just, you know, personal development with me. It's not so much uh, anything about the business. The business and the, and the policies, the procedures, the standards, they've always been there, right? It's like... Did I want to start learning how it worked and and play ball within those? So, do you think that your growth and appreciation
1: for the people who work for you and that value? Do you think that would have developed on its own? Otherwise, if you didn't have these guidelines of you know the stuff that's already been put in place,
2: uh, I th- no something had to change, right? Like it, it wasn't going to work the way I was I was doing things, right? Um, and and plus. You know, I also talked about these managers that have been with me for a long time. You know, they needed to kind of see how Billy ticks, what's important to me, right? Gabby, she, you know, I would drive anybody else completely bonkers. I'm I'm not organized. I leave the house with the perfect game plan. 20 minutes later, it looks completely different. You know what I mean? There's not a lot of people that, that can work with me, but she's worked with me for a long time. So a, a big part of that is having people in my life and surrounding myself, like we talked about earlier. With, you know, who do you surround yourself with? People that are going to help me be successful, period. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know I, that's who you got to seek out and that's who you got to surround yourself with. So that's, I hope that answered that question. Do you remember the first time that you had to let somebody go? Yeah. What was that like? Um, really nerve-wracking. Like, I, I've, I fumbled through it, you know. I, I you know, did a, I mumbled and did a really piss-poor job of it. I was a general manager. Um, and, and I also tell everybody this, my, my father-in-law gave me my opportunity, but a man by the ma- uh, name of Matt Godick taught me the business. He's, he's my father-in-law's director of operations. Uh, l- uh love the guy. <clears throat> and I talked to him, you know, weekly. Um, he, you know, I called him and told him the situation. He's like, well, you're going to have to, you know, he's, he pushed me into that. You know, it's like, it's time for you to kind of step up and. Start start taking control of some of the situations, you know. Because I was calling him to come up here and take care of it. He's like, "It's not my store, you know." <laughs> it's like, take care of it, you know. I mean, but that's you know, when I think back at the patience that my father in law and and Matt had with me while I was you know learning who I am and and developing my my uh, my business aptitude. Um, good God, man, they're saints, you know, because I was a mess, you know.
0: You you remember that first person? If you now you've got people running the business now, so people getting let go is commonly done by somebody else. But if you let go of somebody, how do you deal with it? Like, is it is it much of a problem for you today? Is it, is it difficult for you today?
2: Uh, it's never easy. It's the last thing I want to do. Sometimes uh, sometimes we can avoid it, right? Mm-hmm. I, I try uh, every means possible to avoid it, but sometimes it's just it's not going to happen. And again, I've got a policies and procedures in place and if all of the i's are dotted and the t's are crossed you know it, it's probably time for us to shake hands and you go do something different
0: i've uh my first firing ever as a manager was very easy the guy blew his lid went out to his car got his baseball back came back in and threatened everybody yeah i said leave never come back i'm calling the cops mm-hmm. so that firing was was just i, I felt no remorse about firing a guy who just came in and threatened a young lady with a baseball bat mm-hmm. um today as i have to tell somebody i won't use them anymore i i like the way you described it this is what's going to happen if this doesn't happen this is what i'm going to do and i recently had a conversation with one of my examiners and nothing wrong with him we're, we're going great but he wanted clarity and he said i want to make sure everything's good with us and i said straight up man you know me well enough there's a problem i'll tell you what the problem is i'll tell you the fix and i'll tell you if you don't fix it this is going to be the next course of action Mm -hmm. so i never feel good and and over the last couple years i've had to actually tell people i won't use them anymore they're contractors for me so that doesn't change anything but the title of employer contractor but it's it's been easier because i've been able to they, they saw it coming they knew the writing was on the wall i didn't blindside them and i think it's like you said the maturity of being able to explain to them the process
2: right exactly you know we're going to sit down we're going to have a discussion and and it's uh, t- today it's like um my people aren't there for like money to go to the movies and blue jeans for you know school i mean this is their job this is how they put food on the table mm-hmm. this is how they get their kids go to school this is it's you know it's a very serious situation mm-hmm. and um you have to respect that You really have to respect that. And um, so it's never easy because there's always a story there. There's always a story. And I know I'm affecting other things when this happens. But, you know, um, for the health of the business, you know, again, you know, this is the job. Uh, We're very clear on it when we hire you. We do the best training that we possibly can. We try to surround you with everything that you need to be successful uh if it's not, then we wanna back back up again, see if we need some more training right mm-hmm. i mean we're going we're not just going to like show up you know ninety days into this thing and say, "Hey, it's not working out, you know, <laughs> sorry, you know by the time we get to that place, you know we both we both probably know it's coming right
0: so yeah, hopefully you've recently expanded you you're at three stores now it's yep. something that i've uh i i struggled i actually in two thousand and sixteen expanded by one location immediately said i never want to expand again i hate this growth idea it was quite a struggle uh 2017 the, the, ra- the rate the rating center okay 2017 contemplated that growth and said wait a minute let me make a educated decision 2018 decided to make the growth happen and in 2018 was the foundation and this year we've really hit our stride i mean the the next the last few months and next few months are ridiculous right now for us it's it's great but the thing I have found is, and this is where I've been interested in the conversation with you more than any of it, is <coughs> I'm becoming less and less active in the roles that I've always known mm-hmm. and become more and more active as an administrator overall. Right. Earlier, I don't know if we talked about this on the air or off the air, before the show or after or during. But you, you, you said you find it difficult not to be in there doing things. You, you, you've lost touch of some of the business. Right.
2: How is that affecting you? How are you dealing with it? Um, well, I mean, as soon as I say that, I mean, this afternoon I was, you know, had a broom and, a, you know, a dustpan, and I was out in the parking lot, you know, cleaning my drive through and, you know, I was on the Fry Station most of the afternoon in one of my stores, you know, so... But it's not like... Uh there's some things i don't miss you know i don't miss like having to do all-nighters or you know going home after a 12-hour day and halfway home you know the wheels fall off and we have to turn around and turn into an 18 or 19 hour day you know i don't miss that you know and i have i call her a supervisor but she's slowly becoming a director of operations and you know i've got general managers in all my stores now and you know i'm very clear if i if i want some of the freedoms you know uh, I enjoy working. I enjoy working hard. You know, I I think that um, there you'll never be able to replace sweat equity with anything. Right? You've got mm-hmm. to understand the business. You've got to be able to get in there and do it. But if I if I try to tell you, oh yeah, I can jump on a register and no, I'm going to. Compl- it's too complicated now. This this business is incredibly complicated, and so I've got to be okay. I've got to get really comfortable with knowing. Um, that the training that McDonald's has in store for, or in line for us, I can send my general managers through this training, my supervisors through this training, through the webcast, or whatever we're doing, and it's going to be okay. They're going to get the training that they need to to do this stuff. I don't have to do this anymore. And that was really hard for me not to, like, walk into a store and want to jump behind the counter and start, you know, and, and Gabby, my, my supervisor would be the first one to tell me, it's like, I would really appreciate it if you did not get on a register. <laughs> I would really appreciate it if you stayed out of drive-thru. You know, but, you know, I'm real happy with staying in, you know, in the present, you know, and handing out food and talking to the customers. I'm thinking I'm doing a great job. I'm holding things up. You know, I'm having like in-depth conversations with everybody. You know, I'm enjoying, you know, and they're like, dude, you know, we we're really, the business here. we're <laughs> really trying to move drive-thru and you're killing me right now, you know? It's like, so, um, you know the the technical side of being in the kitchen it's it's really complicated back there to think that I could jump on the line right now and hold hold it down like I used to that that's a but I'm called into duty in other pieces of the business now you know mm-hmm. and and I'll be honest with you, it's not nearly as exciting it's It's really hard for me <laughs> to sit down. And stay organized and and focused and get through like some of the due diligence I need to do every day in my office and be okay with it because my internal clock is telling me I need to be up in my car going to a store doing something, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's really hard for me to sit down and go, no, you need to go through this stack of emails, you need to return these surveys, you need to pay these, you know, whatever, you know, I need to, you know, I'm just in a different space right now in the business that's just as important, but... It's, everything's a learning. Everything, every day's a learning thing for me. You know, it's, it's, you know, there's a saying, you know, if, um, if you're not green, you're not growing. You know what I mean? I like that. Yeah. And that's, that's a McDonald's thing. And, uh, and I believe that, you know, I'm always, I hope I'm always green. I hope there's always stuff going on that's going to teach me something new about the business, you know? Um, train your replacements is a word I heard as a younger fella. hmm
0: Um. How do you, how, how do you get promoted? You know, teach somebody your job. Yeah. And for me, I you, you say I'm not a, you're not as active. I remember the day where I would throw 20 drugs in a day, three days in a row, and mm-hmm. I was I was a tandem stud. Not that I was good at it. The fact that I was just a workhorse. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that I could sit there and do tandem A F F video all day nonstop. There's no way I could keep pace up with some of these guys doing it now. There's no way I, I could still go in and throw a drug. I could still go in and shoot a video, but I'm not going to do the quality that. Some of the other video guys would do and Nick, I could probably keep up with. The rest <laughs> of them, I probably can not shoot the video. Um, I couldn't throw drugs and be as consistent and steady as, as some of these other guys are. But at the same time, I could do the job. But I train those replacements. Right. Eventually, those replacements keep getting trained. And for me today, it, it's, man, I've, I've been busting my butt the last three days in of my office. And I never thought that would be such a hard thing to say. Because yeah. I got into skydiving to get off a desk. And the last three days, that chair and me are homies because I'm I'm running a business now. Mm-hmm. Um, how much of training your replacements has been part of your process?
2: I, well, it's been everything. It's kind of morphed, in, you know, as as I've needed it. You know, it's like I knew that. Um, and what basically uh what my cash flow could afford right mm-hmm. you know it's like yeah. there's 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 a there's certain margins that i have to protect and when i'm a one store operator i cannot afford a supervisor and two gms and right i'm the general manager i'm the supervisor and you know i train hire fire write the schedule the the you know that's how that's what that situation looked like when I was a one-store operator. As I got two stores, you know, I'm, I'm a supervisor now. I've got a general manager in both stores, but I'm a supervisor now, and that's my responsibility over three. Three stores, I sh- probably should be, you know, the supervisor, but guess what? I'm not happy with three stores, so I'm, I need a supervisor that's going to be a DO to prepare me for whatever other expansion I plan on doing. You know what I mean? So that's, yeah. that's kind of like that, that look down the road for me. You know.
1: so, so speaking of uh, being green and having firsts, you want to tell me about the first birthday party you hosted at McDonald's? <laughs> so, is this the one I think it is? <laughs> it might be. You told me that it was the first birthday it party. Was, is that- it was
2: the absolute first birthday party, man. And I was so nervous, Nick. Oh, my God. I was so, <laughs> so nervous, man. Justin
1: just put up a picture of uh, of our crew at that birthday party. Oh, there it is. So yeah. You've been know, sitting on that, Justin. I, I just said yeah. it
2: to him just a few minutes ago. Yeah,
1: I had it up there earlier, too. <laughs> you
2: you have no idea how much joy that brought me, man. And then, and then again, if you think about that night, right? The decorations. Hey, j-
1: just a little backstory for, for people <laughs> listening who don't know what the hell we're talking about. So, uh, me and Adam Chamberlain, our birthdays are just a few days apart. And uh, Carlos, oh, Carlos Rodriguez, who is one of my most favorite people in the wide world, loves McDonald's more than he loves pretty much anything. Right on. You could ask Carlos, hey, what's the best restaurant in the world? He's going to say McDonald's. He'd let's go He'd divorce right
0: his wife to marry Ronald. <laughs> so, I was,
1: you know, I had found out it was Adam's birthday close to mine, and Carlos had been talking McDonald's up. I hadn't been to McDonald's in like 18 years or something like that. I had recently found out just more about your life, Billy, and what you do, and that Billy owned a uh, McDonald's. And I was like, oh my god, let's have a double birthday. I think I started calling it the double McBirthday Bash or something they like that. A, they <laughs> had
2: a Facebook page. You had yeah. a Facebook page for page, it. Yeah. It was... I was showing the Facebook page to the people, the corporate. They're like, well, "Who are these people?" <laughs> I was trying to explain the connection and everything. But, like, but why did you reach out to corporate? Why? Why did you have to do that? I did. I didn't have to. I was just like in conversation. I was like, "Look, I'm gonna, I'm going." I was saying it, but we self promoting myself, like, "Hey, I'm throwing this party." And we had a special guest there, right? Oh my god! So, <laughs> so it started like it started morphing. It started like catching. You know, like a lot of, a lot of the wheel started turning on this thing, and I was like. You know, they say, you know, I kept looking at the, the page on Facebook and there, it looks like there's like, you know, 20 people Then I would look and be like 30 people, then like 40, 50 people were interested in coming. I was like, well... And now I got to back this up. Like you usually, like host birthday parties at traditional stores that have like a party room or a playland. This is this is my first McDonald's. It's a Stowe. It's a shell McDonald's. It's like the lobby. There's no <laughs> there's no separating anybody from anything, right? I was like, I don't know how I'm going to do this, but we're going to throw this. We're going to throw this party. So I was telling my wife about it, and she's like, Billy, get Anna involved and all these other all the other ladies, you know, that that help her when she does the the cross promoting for her dad's organization. So I started telling them a little bit about it, and they got excited about it, right? <laughs> they had all these uh, the Big Mac cartons made into parachute yeah, canopies. Yeah, there should be a
1: picture of that, Justin. <laughs> yeah.
2: So they had, they had the store decorated. Yeah, you can see it on the, on the right of the
1: monitor there. Yeah, they had taken Big Mac boxes and made parachutes out of them
2: yo shout out to the mcdonald's ladies <laughs> Dude, they, did it,
0: they did it so
1: big they did they That's made it dope. so awesome oh they did they had but
2: the tabletops on there they had all the decorations they had so then i i thought i thought at that time i sat on the ron mcdonald committee right for the talent for this for this region ronald and he's a real he's the real deal right at, at that time we were, we actually had ronald and uh and i had interviewed this we had this this uh, board had interviewed this guy whenever he came to work for mcdonald's his name was i think eric i think it was his name he was third third generation ringling brother barnum bailey circus clown like his oh his, wow yeah he a legit clown, legit clown. <laughs> he, he was legit right like that's what he did that's what he loved to do and he was stoked to have this gig right that's cool. And so he has a handler, Craig. And I reached out to those guys. I'm like, "Hey, I'm throwing this party for my friends at the, from the drop zone. I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know how many people are coming. Do you could you make a could you stop by the store?" He's like I'd be happy to. So I figured he would. He, he brought like the Ronald McDonald <laughs> car out. Yeah, it's the, like a bus, right? <laughs> with lights bus. and everything. And he brought the bus out. <laughs> <laughs> Him and Craig like posted up. They came walking in early. I'm like. It's early. Nobody's here. I don't know who's going to show up. And one by one, man, people started like showing up to this party. And I was like, oh my God. Well,
1: let me put this into perspective. I walk in and ronald mcdonald's already there i walk in and of course i'm on time because i'm an asshole and every other person is late because they're skydivers (laughs) and so i'm like oh my god if it's just me and ronald mcdonald hanging out i'm gonna lose my mind i knew carlos was coming and knew that he would be so excited to see ronald mcdonald i'll send you another picture of carlos crying as he's meeting ronald mcdonald but um in chamberlain right (laughs) yeah, <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, and Adam, it was Adam's birthday. Uh, but we walk in, and there's we have our own birthday cakes with our names on them. And I don't, I the, don't the, know. The parachutes are hanging. And every time someone new from our group would come in, everyone would stop what they were doing. Every staff member in McDonald's would stop what they were doing and clap and have full applause. <laughs> and then
2: our and then our group would grow person by person. So every person that came in and the people would get a in, bigger like, and bigger, bigger applause. applause. And people were like, it was so, they were like, Unnerved almost by the amount of attention and the applause, it was just it was awesome. We, I had such a spectacular time that night. It, it was an it was an honor because you know I had all my friends right from the yeah. drop zone, all my friends, and I and I looked at it like this. It's like I had a chance to do something for some people that you know what may not get a party like this all the time. Dude, you made you know, it know. so great. Honestly, it, 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 like
1: it was, if someone asked me when what the best birthday I ever had was.
2: That is immediately the first <laughs> one. And I cannot tell you with, um, with enough emphasis. pictures. <laughs> Carlos that picture is Carlos like, crying with, with like Ronald. <laughs> what, what, what that meant to me, man. It was awesome. So, Eric, right? So, I've already said, like, he's third generation ringling brother in Barnum Bay, the circus. And so, you've got to kind of understand, like, the, I guess, the environment, right? That, that he kind of grew up in. So, everything was done. Oh, the goodie bags, the sunnies. Oh. Hold on. Go oh. back <laughs> to that picture with me, oh my God. me
1: Adam, and, uh, and Ronald. Ronald, you see those sunglasses? Right, dude. I still, I jumped with those sunglasses on today.
2: I still have those sunglasses. Clint
1: had his for years. Dude, I still have mine. They live in my
2: fun jump helmet. And he was like, he was like when he brought the when he brought the goodie bag out. He goes later. He goes, I, I was like, I didn't realize it's all (laughs) adults. <laughs> like, yeah, it's all adults. He goes, I figured it would be adults with some of the kids. I'm like, no, it was all adults. No, just grown children. <laughs> just, just grown children. He goes, So I I brought this goodie bag and I didn't think, you know, that anybody would like really enjoy it. He goes, They fucking loved it, man. <laughs> man, they went after it like crazy. So anyway, so everybody's it's dying down, we're cleaning up, and I'm walking Eric out to say goodbye and, and really, you know, tell him thank you for coming out. And he looked at me, he goes, you know, he goes, I love what I do, and I, and I love the corporate world that I'm in, and I understand it, right? He goes, but it's been so long since I felt at home. He goes, I really enjoyed tonight. He goes, it was fun, you know.
1: Circus clown about around a bunch of skydivers, oh, man. My circus God.
2: clown around yeah. a bunch of clowns. Yeah, right? <laughs> right?
0: I mean, really, that story is kind of a great segue into my last question, my last comments, and McDonald's can be very hit and miss. I can go to Mickey D's and have some of the worst customer service I'll ever see and ever be around. Yeah, There's two times that I eat at McDonald's. Number one, the McRib. I love the McRib. Extra oh, yeah. pickle, extra onion. I'm in 100%. The other time is on the way to Dallas, about halfway to Spaceland Dallas, there is a McDonald's. I can't remember the city, but I look forward to stopping there. Partially, it's halfway, but I have never had better customer service at most fast food chains, mm-hmm. as I get from this McDonald's, awesome. at the drive-through, of course they give you the receipt and said, "Hey, by the way, if you want to fill out the survey, please fill." I actually make a point to oh, contact them and help. People complain all the time. People don't compliment, and if you're getting great service and you're not reaching out to corporate or to whoever is in charge to compliment the service, you're doing that service a disservice. Right. That service will continue if you praise it. Yeah. And the thing I've heard about your stores, and this story just proves it, is your cu- your your employees have great customer service. You're one of the hit McDonald's, not the miss McDonald's. How do you breed that culture?
2: Uh, you know, I'll be the first to admit. Uh, you know, as soon as I puff out my chest and I accept <laughs> that compliment, you know, I'll go home and I'll see you know four yeah. of those surveys, and we were a miss. You know what I mean? We've yeah, got. Ton- happens. We tons of opportunity, man, tons of opportunity. But I think, you know, um, for the most part, for the most part, my people, they want to succeed. They want to succeed. And uh, we'll go the captain, they go the ship. And um, I think that our key to success is being fair and consistent with our message across the board, period, you know. Um, I said that my most important asset is my people, and we instill in them the most important belief that you can have is the importance of the customer across the counter. And it starts there, you know, and then, you know, we go from there to the kitchen and production, but that's a whole other story, you know, hospitality,
0: man. I don't think your store has a boss. I think it has a leader. Well, I appreciate that. You mentioned that earlier. There's a big difference between being a boss and a leader. And even if you think you know the difference, if the people behind you aren't doing what you need them to do, then you're probably not being a leader. Yeah. If your actions inspire others to if your actions inspire others to dream more, do more, and be more, I forget the exact quote there. Uh, several people have been quoted saying it. Then you are a leader. Yeah. If people aren't doing more, being more, and inspired more, then chances are you're just being a boss.
2: You know, I know we're, we're trying to get close to wrapping this up, but it's important for Take me. It. It's, it's important for me to say. You know, I've talked a lot about. The managers who have been with me for a long time and you know i 've watched i watched their kids grow up i've watched them you know going to college you know and i mean we are we're, we're connected and um it's a disservice it's a disservice like i was given a fantastic opportunity right um i 'm already successful my belief is i 'm already successful i 'm going to be successful i'm i'm financially secure ish right uh, I've got a pretty good plan for the future. Um, this, this, this brand, this, this model has provided for me and my family an extraordinary life. It is a disservice if I do not provide the same opportunity for the people that want it and deserve it and are working for it every single day in my stores. That's my paycheck. My paycheck doesn't come every two weeks. That's not my paycheck. That's just what I pay the bills with and go have fun with. That's the real feeling on the inside is knowing that the people that work for me believe and understand my vision is to expand and create a more solid foundation for all of us. Because uh, as long as we're all successful, that's the true sign of success in, in my organization. And I think that most operators feel that way.
0: I think most people should feel that way, man. You've always been an inspiration, Billy, and that last thing you said is just another... I I will actually go back and listen to that statement again. It's it's rare I go back to the podcast and look for something. I will go back and listen to what you just said verbatim because that was very important to me.
2: I I really appreciate the opportunity to come out and... And, and share the time with you guys. It's It's been yeah, it's fun. It's been it's been great having you here, man. Dude, it's been yeah. phenomenal. Uh, yeah, that's really
0: good. Thanks for sharing your story.
2: Yeah, yeah, no problem. I, you know, uh, it's there for anybody that wants to hear it or get bored to tears by it, you yes. know.
0: Man, actually, uh, Billy Whitaker, this may have been my favorite interview ever. Thank you for your vulnerability and lessons and stories in business and life. My pleasure. Was one of the uh, comments made by a young lady named Allison. Oh. Um, you know Allison quite possibly. Saul? Allison, yeah. Saul? Yeah. There's been quite a few other people share some great comments and great things. Billy, thank you so much for being here. Anything else you want to share or say to your friends, family, loved ones, supporters, people who need support?
2: No, man. Uh, I'm, I'm here if you ever want me. Uh, you know my story. Uh, you know what I'm all about. And uh, uh, I'm, I'm willing to uh, uh, share any piece of my story that, that, that you may want to hear again. Um, and peace to anyone. that uh, You know, walk in peace. That's all.
0: Anything else you boys want to share? Film festival's coming up. When is that date? October what? October 26th, Film Festival, Skydive Spaceland, Houston only. We have confirmed a GoPro for a prize, an Ares 2, a pro track 2, eight jumps from Skydive Spaceland, swoop shorts from a Wii, and we are working on the rest of the prize package. As always, it will be huge. Voted on by the audience. I've seen some super cool stories, ideas out there. You're not good at editing video. Find a friend who is good at editing video. Work together on this. There are quite a few group submissions that are coming in. Guys, gals, join us. Hang out with us. Party with us. And, and last year, I was real close to having a, a get-together
1: where I was going to do kind of a tutorial about video editing. Yeah. I will do it if enough people pressure me into it, if we can figure out a way to, to do a get-together. Adobe Premiere is the program that I edit with. I like that, yeah. So if you figure out how to get a bootleg copy of Adobe Premiere, and then you ask me how to use it, I'll be happy to, to, to show a, a group of people. And that's awesome. And if, uh, if I can get a little bit less busy, I'm going to start working on the... Uh, the promo video. Yeah, I can't I mean, wait. I've
0: started working on it, but I haven't I really wait. committed anything to the timeline yet, so... Uh but it's coming. It's on the way. I, um, I can't wait to see it. I know the song. I know some of the ideas. It, you know, I realize that I'm kind of ripping off Jimmy's idea a little bit in a couple of spots, so I got to talk with him about it make sure that's all right. Dude, you know Jimmy's going to share the love. Check in with him, but for sure. Uh, guys and gals, next week we do have Ori Cooper coming on the show. We will actually be talking about how Nick uses music in video, how to get around Facebook, how to get around YouTube, and all those other things. How to things. try. It doesn't always how, work. No, it doesn't always, but if you're trying to figure out music, we'll have some good ideas next week with Ori Cooper. Till then. Guys, Gravity Lab Radio, Blue Skies. We're out. See you later. Leave my house. Ooh, go home.